Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family, we chose this one. This is episode 67, Hobbs and Shaw, Lap 5. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too, and this episode is brought to you by the National Automotive Technology Competition. Held against the backdrop of New York International Auto Show, the National Automotive Technology Competition is truly the granddaddy of them all for high school students looking to prove their automotive know-how. Thank you, National Auto Tech Competition. Thank you so very much. So very appropriate, because this episode, I think as we teased last episode, not only is Kara Gayla Regan joining us once again for our driving school yeah. app, but we'll be joined by our high school expert, Mr. Brian Rodriguez, Ooh. to continue his one episode per lap theme. So they'll be both joining us after the break to talk about Hobbs and Shaw. Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and, Hobbs Shaw, and Shaw after the break. But before we get there, Joe, extracurricular activities. What have you been up to since we recorded Tammy and the, I mean, I'm so sorry, Tanny and the Teenage T-Rex roughly one week ago? I have some big news. Oh, it literally big news. Yeah, 70 inches of news. I'm not talking about... Congratulations on that, baby. <laughs> I got a new TV. They were having like a Super Bowl TV sale, so I bought a new TV. Went and got that, got it delivered, mounted it yesterday. It's hanging on the wall. It's fucking massive. I can't wait till you come over and see it. Very exciting. Still uh, not as big as mine, but close. You're, oh, you're in the size queen. You're in the neighborhood. So we like, when you push it up against the wall, like, you know where I had my TV. Mm-hmm. It can't be any bigger <laughs> is what I'm saying. Like 70 inches, like Rachel's like, yep, that's it. Like that's the max that we could put there. Unless we like moved the mount to like more down the wall and like did some other stuff. Like that's it. 70 inches is the top tier that I could get there. Because, like, I have mine mounted on the wall. Yours, yours is on a stand, right? No, mine's on the wall. I, I've always had this TV oh, really? mounted because I don't – I think – so the, the the stand that I have is really nice. Not really nice, but it's nice. And I think it's only weighted for, like, 55 or 60. So, like, the 65 I had on there before was already was pushing, pushing it. it. This one is heavier. It's bigger. I mean, they're lighter than they've ever been, but I've always had this one mounted. So it's not on a stand. It's just on the wall. Yeah, they're super light now. I think mine was only, like, 55. Five pounds or something. That's not much. Yeah, considering like, you know, an old CRT yeah. would oh, be God. double that for half the size. I could go bigger on my wall. I don't know that, I mean, my room's not big enough to really go bigger. Your couch throw and my couch throw are about the same. Yeah, the, the, the problem is that like, there's certain things like, I think certain video games, like I'm too close, like the motion, it's too, it's not uh, blurry, but it's just like, it's too immersive, frenetic, too kinetic, you know what I mean? So there's yeah. certain things that I've watched, I'm just like, oh, this is too big almost. So I kind of have to adjust things a little bit. But in terms of just watching, like I said to you, you're blown away by how big it is, but like in a week or less, you're going to be like, yeah, this is just normal. Like you're not going to even, it's not even exactly. going to trigger in your brain that this is crazy big, that it's, you know, 15 inches bigger or whatever. But for right now, we're in the first time I've ever seen it phase, the honeymoon phase of the 70 inches and we're like, oh, damn, it's huge. So I'm excited to watch the next lap of uh, Fast and Furious on the new TV. Anything else you've done since we last recorded? No, that was it. What did I do over the weekend? Oh, there was football on Sunday. Congratulations to Wells and to your friend Zach, to the yeah. Niners, for making it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they're really excited, all of them. You know, Everybody's I don't, super stoked. I don't really have a rooting, a vested interest in any of the teams, but I think of the four possible outcomes or three outcomes or whatever it could have been from this past week, I think this is going to be the most fun Super Bowl of all the For the fans. Yes. It's the first time in a long time that I'm excited to see both teams play each other. Like, I don't have, like, a vested interest to root for or against a team, but I'm like, this was the best outcome for my pure amusement of the sport. The only thing, I think the only thing I did since last week, I only saw one movie in theaters, I saw Bad Boys for Life with our girl, 
Vanessa Hudgens oh. kicking all sorts of ass. I thought I really liked it. I mean, it's not like everybody said that. I like I was surprised when I saw your review and post. I was like, damn! Like now Joey's like one of the fifth or sixth people I've seen that was like like really enjoyed this movie. I so. think part of it, I'm assuming for everyone, is that like I would imagine almost everyone would be like, there's no way this can be good, right? Like there's no there's no way. Yeah, and low expectations. Low expectations, but it's also fun. Like I I don't remember. I haven't seen the first two recently enough. But you know, our friend, our, our listener, Jason Dickinson has. He loves this new one. It's his favorite of the three Bad Boys movies. I know that. Cool. Based on his letterbox. So I haven't seen the first two in a while to know how they compare, but this is a fun one. What's cool about it is that unlike a lot of action movies where... I'm not going to name names, but like Nicolas Cage, for instance, where he's 50, 55, whatever years old, he's still acting like he's an action star, that he's like doing these crazy 30. stunts and the whatever. Yeah. This kind of the point to a certain extent is that they're old men and that they're not that in the, bad boys anymore. In the trailers, like from what I've seen, you know, because the trailers are on TV, I'm not like actively watching them, but they're like at the bar scene and they're like talking about how they're old. So I thought that they were, like, going to address that now they're, like, kind of past their prime. And they're and still good cool... action, but it, it is, like, they're past their prime, and, you know, that's why they have the younger team, which is more analytics-based, and that's where Vanessa cool. Hudgens comes in, and, like, there's that whole team, and nice. they bring a little bit of action, but, like, it's good. It tells a story. And so I think because this was either, like, such a success or such a surprise success or what, I don't know, but they were working on a fourth one, uh, nice. which begs the question, why was Bad Boys for Life not the fourth one? I don't know why. Yeah, Wells said that. He tweeted it. Did you see it the other day? No, but that's just, Nico even said that. You know, future guest Nico Vasillo said when we saw the trailer before Skywalker, he's just like, why? Oh, I missed what? the third one? <laughs> yeah, wait, wait, I thought, what? I don't understand. But also, supposedly, when that news came out, the guy who wrote Bad Boys for Life is also going to write a third National Treasure movie with Nicolas Cage, I guess. So blessings cool. all around, my dear friends. And that's all. You know, I've not done a lot there with football. This upcoming weekend, I have nothing super exciting planned. But we'll see. We'll see how we'll see what comes of it when we talk about what's next week. Oh, the skulls. When we talk about that, we will have our True. extracurricular. I saw I saw then. Parasite finally on Movie Talk, mm. and I really enjoyed it. Right, uh, Rachel and I had such a great time watching it. It was sold to us from like everything that we kind of felt and hurt. You know, we try to stay blind to like the movies like you do, but it felt like it was being pitched almost as a horror film. Yeah, it's not really a horror film. It's more Wait, of like people a told you it was a horror film, or you think the trailers did that? I didn't see any. Tra- Trailers. It was just like the way people were talking about it, like the mood of it, like the 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 coloring of the poster. It made it seem like it was gonna be like a gore horror film, and I was like, that's strange that the Oscars would pick this for best picture. And everybody said how great it was, and I was like, slashers don't really get accolades, right? So it's not like gonna be that. And then when we watched it, we were like, oh, this is just a really fun thriller, and we were so surprised at how funny it was, and like how much we laughed during it. So I'm going to say something that's a little bit spoilery for Parasite. It's it's only spoilery in saying what the movie is not, so if you don't want to hear something, okay. skip ahead 30 seconds, but Bong Joon-ho, who directed this movie, has directed yes. horror movies and stuff in the past, like things okay. verging more on horror, and so Early in the movie, when that poor person comes outside, like, they're poor, but the poor person outside is coughing and coughing and coughing and, like, vomiting or whatever, like, the the drunk guy. I was like, is this going to be, like, a viral outbreak? Is he, like, patient zero? And then, Exactly. No. We were about an hour into the movie, and I said, Rachel, I have no idea where this is going, which is a great thing for a movie, right? Like, I just, it could have gone a million different ways, and I would have been okay with any of them. I was just like, oh, man, I don't know what, what are we getting to here? And I didn't know, and um, I watched 
watched it and I really enjoyed it. So Parasite was a good one. It comes out on Blu-ray today as you're listening to this. So if you want to, it's probably, I don't know how Redbox works if there's a delay, but Redbox or VOD or wherever, it's everywhere now. So go get it. Go see Parasite. Again, know as little as possible going in because it is one of the best movies of the decade. It's crazy. Like there's three or four things that happen. You're like, I don't understand. Like, what is this? It doesn't, it defies genre. It's incredible. I'm firmly with you. It was, it was a lot of fun. Highly recommended. Go check it out. So Joe, we have a Patreon page here on the show at TooFast2Forever.com if you want access to swag and merchandise, early access to episodes, bonus episodes, the Fast and Furious Minute document, picking what we watch, picking what we talk about, TooFast2Forever.com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellenin, and Justin Kleinman for supporting us at the $5 level or above over there. Thank you so very much. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. Before we, we get to the mailbag, I want to see if there's any reviews that we have. Oh, here we go. I haven't checked. I haven't checked. Oh, really? We got a new one? So we got a new one. It is from Nick Fast 4 Horseman. I don't know if this is Nick Burris or not. He says, wanted to be number 20, LOL. He says, love this podcast. <laughs> Very informative about Fast and Furious. May all the Denises and Tanyas subscribe. And of course, everyone else, the Joes, are awesome. Well, thank you, Nick Fast 4 Horseman. I would assume. Which we're guessing is Nick Burris. Nick yeah. Burris. So thank you, Nick. That was a cool review, too, dude. Good job. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, since I don't think Spotify does podcast reviews and Google Play and Stitcher are sort of niche markets, Apple Podcasts is the big one. Head on over yeah. there if you would. Leave us a rating, five-star rating, a review. It would mean the world to us. Thank you. It would. Thank you. All right, Joe, mailbags. We've got a bunch of emails. First off, though, we're going to finally get to the back half of that Wells email Wells. about dinosaurs. Yeah, I've been waiting for this. I actually asked you about it the other day, too. So, so Wells says, this was in the email. Email, no knees is better than two knees. He says, remember in the first <laughs> Jurassic Park when Newman from yeah. Seinfeld gets eaten by yes. the dinosaur and drops the fake Barbasol can that he's supposed yes. to bring back the dino embryos and they show it fall through the rocks? How do they not have the crew come across the Barbasol can when they come back to the island of Ilosoma in the fourth one? Would have been epic, just a thought. That's a really good point. Yeah, I like throwback nods like that. I like these movies when they do, when they do like a resurgence of a series or a franchise, right? When they bring something back, you need to do a little nods to older ones, and that would have been a great nod. I also do want to say that I might have said it wrong. It's Isla Sorna, Isla Soma, whatever it is. I don't know how to pronounce it. But yeah, I okay. think, yeah, just callbacks are nice. It's fan service that's cheap, yeah, right? When, the like, fir- it when, when, it's done, when it's done right, I think. Yeah. In the first season of Fargo, and this is maybe a spoiler for the first season of Fargo, but it's based sort of on, or just at least set in the world of the movie Fargo. And in one guy's office, there is a painting behind his desk of a ice scraper in the snow. And I'm like, I bet, I'm guessing, before they even say that, because in the movie, they bury a suitcase full of money in the snow, and they use an ice mm. scraper to mark that thing. And I'm like, I bet mm. this guy found that money and then became, like, started his company or whatever with that money, and later you Probably. find out that that's the case. And I'm like, that's a cool nod to, like, sort of completely independent. Like, the plot doesn't really matter, but it's like, exactly. hey, you know that first thing. Here's a little wink for you. Exactly. I love when it's done tastefully like that. Wells continues, Tammy and the T-Rex came on my TV. I wasn't even paying attention to the opening credits, and it said Denise Richards. So I watched for a few seconds and said, drum roll, Paul Walker. A young 1994 Paul W. Walker. I'm sorry, but I'm about to break this movie down for you. Here's a play-by-play as I watch it. Okay. Oh, good. Oh, boy. This is it. And I said this is the longest email that Wells has ever sent. So let's see here. I'm excited to hear his. T- He's essentially like a guest on the last episode, just via After this email now. He- okay. All right. He says, It's high school age, I think. P walks about to sneak into Denise's house right now. He thinks he's hitting it. So he grabbed a hat, I like that, and headed over. Mm-hmm. Ex boyfriend comes through. Shit goes bad. 
and they beat Paul up and leave him in the forest, and he's now getting eaten by a lion. Wildlife <laughs> Ranger saves him and gets to the ER. Shady business happening. Paul dies in the hospital. I think they're going to use his brain to put into a mechanical T-Rex. He's not actually dead, though. <laughs> he was in a coma. But some scientists did some trickery and stole Paul. It's 90s gruesome. They cut his head in half and extracted his brain. It's actually a very disturbing image of Paul lying there with half a head. It looks real. Also, he has a boner for some reason. The human-like T-Rex now has a brain and bites off scientist number two's head and is about to get a second victim who's trying to scare the T-Rex off with some yellow belt karate moves. And boom, he's dead. T-Rex sees a payphone is making a call. He calls Denise because it's still Paul's brain. Cut to 90s-style high school party. He walks the T-Rex. It's about to crash it. Panic ensues. Ex-boyfriend's lackey gets his guts spilled by Paul and T-Rex. Now the bitch that set up P-Walks in the first place just got eaten. A few scenes later, Denise finds out it's Paul's brain in the T-Rex, so now they're having a funeral for P-Walks, and just like in Fast and Furious, when Dom watches Letty's funeral from afar, Mm -hmm. P-Walks the T-Rex is watching from afar as tears are streaming down his dinosaur face, watching his family and friends (laughs) try to cope with his death. It's very sad. Now, the mission is to find Paul a new body, headed to the morgue. A naked cadaver dick joke between Denise and the male plutonic possibly gay friend as they pull the sheet back. (laughs) Denise and friend are getting as many cadavers as they can find while P walks the T-Rex, looks through the window and says yay or nay. It's kind of like the scene of Down to Earth, Chris Rock. Great movie. High speed chase between police and Denise friend, cadaver, and P walks. They get away and are held up in an abandoned farm. They're not safe, though. Police arrive, as does the mad scientist who did the brain transplant surgery. No one really knows what's happening. Wow. Down goes Mad Scientist, guts ripped from his body as he tries to tranquilize Paul with a large gun. Cops fire on P-Walks, the T-Rex, bullets drop the dino. Cut however long later, Denise has Paul's brain in a bowl in her room as she speaks Mm -hmm. to him through a camcorder mounted on her wall. She can't see him, but he can see her. She fed his brain some alcohol and he enjoyed it very much. Denise mentions some possible (laughs) new bodies. She's now in the middle of a striptease dance for Paul, super hot. Movie ends. Fantastic, but ridiculous to no end. <laughs> Wells totally summed up Tanny and the T-Rex. He hit the high notes. He definitely picked a lot of my favorite parts. I would love to have Wells recap any movie in that detail. So as he said, immediately following <laughs> Tanny and the T-Rex is a movie called Timeline from 2003 with Pete Walks. My friend has a theory that I follow, which is if you see three movies of the same actor on TV in a row spread out over a half a day or so, they be dead. I freak out. Every time it happens. So this is like the theory that like uh, celebrities or famous people die in three. I guess so. If you see three movies with the same person, they're dead. I guess so. That kind of makes sense. I dig it. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to watch out for it. Next time I have it happen, I'll let you know, Wells. Cool. Well, Wells, thank you so much for the recap. You know, I will always remember and I will always love his frantic, no, 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 abort, abort, do not read (laughs) email. Oh, that was good. Next email from Alex Ellenin. Brinkstad is a bigger villain than Val from X-Blades. Hmm? Don't know. Let's see if we find out. I don't know. Kara prompted the discussion about Cuba and its unique car culture at the beginning of Fate. There's a pretty good explanation in the movie, but I'm going to throw it back to Hyperdrive, an American Top Gear discussion, because I think it was the final episode of the series where they filmed an episode in Cuba and covered its car culture. It was really good and worth a watch. Also, I don't remember if it was discussed before, but one of the other hosts of that show was Tanner Faust, who was the real-life DK as he did the stunt driving for DK in Tokyo Drift. Oh, very cool. I watched the latest episode of Grand Tour, and it was pretty cool, but I think they were in Singapore or Cambodia? Thailand? Korea? Tara also mentioned, Alex says, the series doesn't have an evil twin. That got me thinking. I think that might be a halfway decent way to write Brian back into the movie without actually needing Paul. Cody 
could easily Cody Walker, could easily play Brian's evil twin or just evil brother. I mean, we don't know anything about Brian's family, really. He could kidnap Brian and then pose as Brian turned evil and get Mia mm-hmm. back into the story as a big part while explaining Brian's absence. Just food for thought. Mini spoiler, we talk all about this in the second half of the episode, right? I'm assuming we will when we record it later. Wink, wink. Kara brings this up. And she does have a theory about this. It could definitely be Paul Walker's brother. I think that's a little bit, a little lazy on their part, but it would make a lot of sense, right? Because you CGI Paul's brother to look like him or don't CGI him to look like him. The evil twin explanation, he, he looks enough like him that you see the resemblance. Yep. But also it's not Paul Walker. Yep. So I think it would work. I, think it would I don't know how I feel about it. Hopefully that's it. And hopefully we see it. But I do like the evil. I, I would like an evil twin in these movies. But I would like like an evil Roman or an evil Tej, right? Like, I think that would be the coolest. We're kind of running out of runway here, but we'll see. I mean, there's there's still room to yeah. have an evil twin. With them wanting to get Brian's brother involved and stuff like that, it obviously is the most logical choice. Yep. Alex says, P.S. My last email had the I'm in Morty picture that should have been embedded in the email itself right after I said these idiots are going to do this forever. It didn't even occur to me. It would make it an attachment, says Alex. Well, yeah, we got it. You son of a bitch, I'm in. Next email from Jake Freer says, Hey guys, sorry I haven't What's been in touch Jake? lately. I've been busy, and yes, Australia's in some serious trouble right now, but I'm down in South Australia. The fires aren't so bad where I am. I think we're supposed Thank to be God. getting some rain this weekend, so that's good. That would have been this past weekend. Anyway. Hopefully. I've forgotten what the theme of lap six is, so let me know and I'll make a pick. Sorry for taking so long, and thank you for hoping that I was okay. So we sent him the pick. He made his pick. You know what the pick is. We sort of had a little bit of debate, but we said, you know, for Jake, let's go with it. Yeah. So we haven't announced a theme yet, right? No, we're going to do that on the relap recap in two weeks. Jake's pick is is tangentially related. It's not the first thing you would think of when you think of this theme. Upon further thinking about it, it makes a lot of sense and does fit the theme. We went to the replay booth. Way. Yeah, we, we looked at it. Gene Sterritor it was... from New York. <laughs> Yeah, there's no conclusive evidence that it doesn't fit the theme. We're not confirming the call. We're just not overturning the call. Yeah, call in the field stance. Yes. So yeah, so he did pick it for lap six, though. So all four of the the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Oh, maybe that's why Fast Four Horsemen. That's what Nick was saying. Remember, I called them the four horsemen, the the four guys who do $10 a month. There we go. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All four of them picked next lap. So basically, unless people join in the $10 tier later this year and they pick something for lap seven, lap seven is going to be you and me just utter chaos, just what whatever we want to do. Cool. But yeah, yeah, lap six is basically all the way full. We added a, a fun sort of side thing that doesn't really have anything to do except as a, a new thing. Like there's so many episodes that we have allotted that you and I didn't even pick our own for the theme. We just both picked two of the four for the patrons to vote on. So yeah. this is going to be a very, very... Because you were even looking at it, you're like, this is a good lap. So lap six is going to be a it's lot a of fun. It's a really solid lap. It's it's really... Like, when Joey did the, like, scheduling and, like, sent me the list of what's coming up, it's really fucking good. So And the I'm important thing to remember, it. as it's in there, is that Fast 9, Fast Furious 9, will come out in lap six. So we have the three Which episodes. Awesome. We have our before, mm-hmm. the Tuesday before, we have our entire hype, questions, whatever we think it's going to be, our immediate reaction episode right after it and then a couple weeks later we're gonna have mike and maybe Kara on to talk about nine go from there yeah i like the way that the last one came out with like reactionary no spoilers see it again give everybody a week spoilers but theater spoilers and then like you know when you fit it into the lap then you get the dvd and stuff to where we can like really go over it so and that was what i was saying so basically since we recorded the back half of this last night the secret's out guys we recorded the back half last night i created the art for cageclub.me where we're posting the thing and i i I said to you i'm like i'm so like i didn't realize how actually having a digital copy of the movie now that came with the 4k 
allows me to have screenshots of the entire movie. Like basically before this, I just had to rely on like the Google images and it's all sort of, they're all the movie poster. It's, it's movie posters, thing. production things. It's just them looking at the camera. But now as you see for this episode, if you go on cage about me, it's a picture of Ryan Reynolds because why not? It was sort of a secret sort of that he was in it. Right. When we actually, yeah, no, we total it's... secret. We didn't know. Did we? I think that was one that wasn't announced. We were just like, Holy shit. Yes. Maybe, that's right. I think. Maybe it's, it's been too long. B. Ryan Reynolds, BRR. BRR. Ryan Reynolds. Next email from Ben Milliman, Vending Machine Snacks. He says, I keep forgetting to add my Vending Machine Snacks on one of these emails, so here they are. He says, okay. food or drink, Nas Original or Nitro Mango. Ooh, Nas makes a Nitro Mango? I guess so. That's cool. Okay. He says, food, Takis Fuego and or Nitro. Oh, there's a huge Hispanic population in New Haven. I can get Takis Fuego pretty much like anywhere which i hadn't seen before so i don't know if they've like gotten more popular or if it's because of the huge hispanic population anywhere i go any convenience store gas station walmart i can get them do you see them everywhere too or no yeah there's i mean there's a lot of there's a big hispanic population around here too i think it's just i mean there's a big Hispanic population pretty much everywhere, I would say, most places, right? So I think I, there, yeah. there's definitely a lot of Takis around here, and I also have Spanish-themed, I don't know what the right thing is, but like Spanish grocery stores, I guess, just around, so I'm sure that yes. I can get them there too. So I don't know if it's in the six years I've left Pittsburgh that they've become more popular, or if it's because I left that region. I do like Takis Fuego too. Rachel likes dipping them in sour cream. Oof. I, I, do, I don't know. She likes it. Ben says, also, I was thinking about it and maybe some kind of instant ramen. I haven't found one I love, but I keep trying. Usually, if I want ramen, I just make it. I made a 30-minute ramen the other day for lunch and it was pretty good. And he put a picture in here that I'm going to send you right now of his yeah, ramen. It looks so I saw him, really good. I saw him post it and I had to request him on Instagram because I wanted to see this picture. So when I requested you on Instagram, it was specifically to see this picture, Ben. Thank you. Oh, yeah, it does look good. Yep. Let me get this. Let me get this ramen recipe. I'm trying to make some homemade ramen. I don't. I want to know how you did it. Yeah, send it to family at cageclub.me, and I will uh, send it over to Joe. I would like to. See, I would like to see it too. Yeah, please. Thank you. Next email from West Hampton, Tanny and the Teenage T Rex. What up, fam? What up, Wes? Says the last episode was a wild ride. I really wanted to watch Tammy before listening to the episode, but I never found the time. We had some friends visiting that wanted to watch it, and that didn't happen either. Before we knew it, it was Tuesday morning. I listened Damn. to the first part of the show on my drive to work and stopped at the break. Then. When I was on my computer, I signed up for Showtime, the trial, and ended up watching cool. the pieces throughout the day. Not quite what I was expecting, but I liked <laughs> it and would definitely watch it again, probably with friends. I'm with you with this one, though. Maybe it was just overhyped, but it wasn't as wacky, bad, or weird as I was expecting. Here are my new episode observations. Okay. Wes mentions that it's funny that we didn't think we didn't know what a crepe myrtle tree was because they're all over Austin, which is oh. news to me. Maybe I've seen it, but I just, I don't know trees. Yeah, names of the plants and stuff. I'm bad, too. Uh, a few months ago when we first mentioned the movie, I was looking around online for where it might be streaming. We found the Italian version on YouTube. He said he watched three minutes in to get a feel for it. Noticed that opening credits said Tanny. I'm not sure what the hell's going on with this movie. They must have had the same continuity guy that Dom uses for the Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> True. He mentions that they've done, that Alamo down there has done screenings of Tammy outside of Fantastic Fest to do for like Terror Tuesday and Weird Wednesday, which I have talked about in here before that I love. I watched Mac and Me a lot when I was little. I liked it more than E.T. That, I think Mac and Me, and Flight of the Navigator were my favorite kid alien movies growing up, though I don't remember hmm. much of the plot now. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like I watched Mac and Me. I was so young that like, it's just like a blur. And at this point, I can't tell if it's like, 
Paul Rudd jokes that I'm remembering, or if it's that I actually saw it. But I definitely haven't seen it since then. Yep, for sure. I watched it once because I think How Did This Get Made covered it years ago. So I saw it once in the last decade, but I don't remember when. And I don't remember anything about it other than not loving it. Okay. So to answer your question about how they survived in the barn, this is your question about how about how yeah. Tammy, Tanny, and uh, the T Rex survived. I assumed it only been a day or two, but either way, the T Rex doesn't eat. He's a robot. He bites a lot of people, but never eats anyone on oh, screen. You're right. Although I don't know if that's true as much as just a limitation of the actual animatronic. I think we're probably meant to believe that he eats people, right? No, I'm firmly with Wes here. A robot does not need to eat, and I forgot that he was an. An-. They established that he's a robot, so he doesn't need to consume food and stuff. He might need fuel, okay. but he doesn't need to eat. So, so where does he get yeah. the fuel for the barn? I don't know. Well, there, there'd definitely be gasoline around the barn. I guess. He says, like a tractor or something. Well, as it said, although how it keeps his brain alive with no way to provide it nutrients is another scientific mystery. That's very true. You would at least need some, like, cell grow media for keeping it cultured. It says the chew my rope line stuck in my head as well. The doctor was telling Helga, his assistant, to bite the ropes off the hands, but it was definitely played as a double entendre. In that scene, he also pulled the tape off her mouth with his teeth, even though their arms weren't tied down. Their hands were tied, <laughs> but she could have pulled the tape off herself and probably used her hands to untie his... They made an interesting pair for sure. They did. They're a weird couple. Now, this next part is specifically for you because this is a movie that I have not seen in its entirety because I will never watch it in its entirety. It says, do you catch, did you catch the Napoleon Dynamite connections? Yes, I did. I caught one, Pedro, Yep. the, the, the other main character, yep. is the pizza boy. Yes, I did catch that one. I don't know if there's another one that I missed. He says the woman who played, I think, the assistant is also in that, but he had to look her up. He didn't, that's not, that's one that he did not remember, but he found oh. another connection there. Okay, okay, cool. But yeah, I watched part of that in high school. Like, that was one of those movies that, like, everyone in high school loved. Just based on that alone, I was like, nope. And then I tried to watch it, and I was like, oh, no, no, absolutely. Like, I was right about this. Like, there was a lot that I was wrong about. Like, a lot of the Judd (laughs) Apatow movies, like, I I stubbornly said no to because I was like, I'm going to be different. This one, I was like, no, I was right. There were some that I was right about. This one was one that I was right about. (laughs) We picked it for our film club recently. Like, within the past year, Maybe right? I tried to watch it for that. I remember trying to watch it recently. I was just like, oh, no. Or maybe it was for Brian? Brian's podcast? I think we definitely picked it for Film Club, and I chose it. And I rewatched it and was like, wow, we were definitely in high school. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, bad. Bad. I have nostalgia love for it because of how funny it was at the time. And there's definitely still funny parts, like I could throw a football over the mountains. If you go to rewatch it, you're like, this is definitely not a good movie. Like, we just really liked it, and I don't know why. Since I think that's it for me on this episode, I look forward to watching it again with friends, but I'm also really curious how they cut it down to a PG rating. I know they cut out, like, eight minutes. And actually, as this episode comes out, the most recent episode of High School's Thumber Party, Brian talks again separately to Kara mm-hmm. and to Jenny O'Connell, his other friend. They were both on <laughs> Which his Which is first. so ironic that we have Brian and Kara here. I thought about that. Yeah, it's our it's our internal Tammy team, essentially. He talks yeah, to both really of them cool. again, and I think they talk a little bit about the differences there. So if you want to know about that, check oh, out cool. the most recent episode of High School Summer Party. Wes says, a lot of the gore could be taken out, but there are some violent parts that would be tough to cut around without them losing completely. Same with some of the language. Anyway, it was fun, and I look forward to watching the skulls for the next pit stop. I haven't seen it either. But I've wanted to for a long time. Until next week, stay furious, Wes. Thank you, Wes. The next email we have is from Jason Dickinson. It says, hope to see you and Joe 2's Fast and Furious collection soon. F9 is going to be awesome. Can't wait. 
Stay fast, stay furious, ride or die fam. I have to admit that a lot of the the stuff that I have is um the cars that Joey got me. I have a copy of Fast and Furious on VHS. That I got also that I got you. I have like bits and pieces, but I don't have like a DVD collection. All my copies are digital. Uh, yeah, I don't have like a, a really big collection. I've posted of some of it stuff. on either some of mine either on the Too Fast Instagram or the Cage Club Instagram that I posted a long time ago, all the Blu-rays and DVDs that I had. And I also put a picture, a boomerang, I think, of the Dom figure that resident historian Mike Manzi, the Mikester, got me. He got me yeah. a Dom and Ice Charger. But other than that, I don't know that I have... I guess I have the Fast and Furious Monopoly. We have the Toretto's Cafe things that we got in Universal. True. Oh, yeah, I have a lot of those Nicky Knack things. I have, like, the wrench bottle opener yeah. and the Toretto's garage coasters. Glasses, I think. I think maybe, like, a, a pint glass. Oh, I got some glasses. I got the Hobbs and Shaw glass that Wes sent oh, us. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's more like bits and pieces. I don't really have, like, models or cars or anything like that, because Rachel gets kind of upset about, like, having knickknacks around. And not enough room for her sour cream for the hot talkies. <laughs> All that. All that fridge space of the the cars that I got. As we get stuff and we we bought all the toys, but like as we get stuff and stuff, we post it. So you've probably seen most yep. of our collections. Yep. I don't have it anywhere like complete. Or you're not you're not missing out on anything. Right. I'm not hiding anything from anybody. But I know that sure. uh, he's very proud of his collection. We've seen some awesome pictures of what it's he's awesome. posted online. Absolutely, yeah, he has a huge picture. He has a huge collection. It's really cool. He sends us pictures. Yep. I like it. We have one more email. This is also from Alex Ellen, and it says if if Wes feels like he's becoming a car guy, boy, do I have a calendar invite to him. Pass this on to him for me please. It's an Eventbrite link for an event in Austin, Radwood, Austin, 2020. And this is a uh, 1980s, 1990s car show on Leap Day, Feb 29. Join us at Driveway Austin Motorsports for our second annual Radwood Austin celebration of 80s and 90s auto lifestyle. Car show that blends period correct dress with automotive awesomeness. There's a bunch of information. That sounds really fun. That sounds like a very West type of way to do it, right? Like, become part of the decade. You can do, like, a little bit of dress-up to match the era. And it's a little bit of a car show. I bet that they'd have movie cars or period cars. That would be fun. You know, Wes could show up in a puffy vest and a DeLorean, fit right in. Yes, very true. He'd have to buy some Nike Air Mags, though. (laughs) Hoverboard, maybe. Hoverboard, yeah. Definitely. And that's all the emails for today. If you want to email us, family at cageclub.me. Great email bag. Once again, people are really coming that through these last few episodes. Bag. This is, uh, it's been, it's been very good. Very, very good. I mean, I always like our email bag, but I, I really enjoyed these ones. Yeah, they've, they've been getting better and better somehow. And I can't, I can't put my finger on how, but. I think we have two more car pictures, but actually we might only have one. We played one yeah, last so night. So the one that we played last night, there was a separate one. I, th- I thought it was a separate one, but it was just another pick from Nick of the same car. So we still have one more that we will play at the beginning of lap six, because we don't do it on the relap recap for Fast and Furious lap six, episode one. We will do it then. So if you want to send in car pictures, family at cageclub.me. If you want to send in Oscar picks, movie recaps, whatever you want to do, family at cageclub.me. Joe, one last thing to do. Actually, no, sorry. One more other thing to do before that. We have to go on the streets. Fast and Furious news. Again, we are getting close. By the time this episode comes out... I think we're maybe a day or so away from the trailer. Like, we're getting close to the trailer. Wow. Not yet. It's not here yet. The only yeah, real news... Yeah, it's going to be Super Bowl, right? The only real news that we, we share, that you shared, it's a sad one, is that The Rock's dad died. Rest in peace, uh, Rocky Johnson. It seems like everybody was super cool about it, though, right? Like, uh, everybody kind of came to send The Rock condolences. His dad was, you know, 
WWE Hall of Famer. Yep. It was cool. The Rock wrote like a really sweet note about his dad, about how he was his hero and how he was inspirational to him. The things that he did, breaking down the color barrier and stuff. So it was cool, but if it's sad, you know. So I'm glad that everybody was uh, was very supportive of The Rock about it. Our heart goes out to Nate Milton and the Rocky Maivia Picture Show. True. Very true. I don't know that there's any other news really. There's one thing no. that I did not post because it's it was debunked before it even happened. But there was a rumor for like a minute that Justin Bieber might be in Fast and Furious 9, but that only happened because the company, I think from what I understand, the company that did the CGI effects on Paul's face and his brother's face in Furious 7 also did video work for Justin Bieber music videos. And I think they had some kind of like sizzle reel possibly for their company. And they had Fast and Furious clips and Justin Bieber clips. People were like, oh, is he in this? Like, they saw that and they're like, oh, is this? Mm. But it was no. It's just like, no, that's not. So I didn't even post that because I just, A, didn't want to hear all the people on Facebook upset about that because, you know, when we posted about Cardi, right? And like, it's also, but like, that's one thing that I've seen a couple times where it's just like, Oh, is he going to be? But as no, not even. No, I wouldn't. I'm not against it. I think he could be a fun, in a weird way, a fun cameo. Um, I think he could be a kind of a weird, cool, like villain that they just, I don't know, but I'm not against it. But no, it's, just, it's not happening. I think that at this point, Justin Bieber would have to be like a T-Pain in the party type situation. Yep. It would have to be like a real cameo. Like they're at some rich party. Justin Bieber's performing there, right? Like that's the part of this, the thievery that's going on. I don't think that he could become a character. He would have to be a full kid. Like, I think Cardi could be a character, but I don't think Justin Bieber can be a character. Yeah, he, he Justin, Justin Bieber could also be one of those kind of uh, Iggy Azalea at the end of a race wars, like, oh, hey, what's yes. up, ghost girl? Yeah, exactly. Something like that. He'd have been like, damn, like, I, I remember when I sold that car to you, Dom, or you, mm-hmm. whatever. You know what I mean? Or I bought that car from you. Who, and who or knows? I, lost that, I lost that car to you when you smoked me in that race. Exactly. Rock the vote, searching Dwayne Johnson president and the Rock president. No new news there, so it does not seem team as we are 10 months away nine and a half months away from the election that, that the rock doesn't seem like he's gonna be running for election this year but you know we, we will still, still check every two weeks see if anything comes up <laughs> hopefully he changes his mind and just blows out the competition the last thing we have to do is talk about the fast and furious minute minute 32 a minute i called jesse's girl by rick springfield Yo, dog. Hey, man, we were just about to go look for you, brother. Where were you? There were masked cops here. They came in from every direction. That shit was orchestrated. This your beer? Yeah, this is my beer. Yo, Einstein, take it upstairs. You can't detail a car with the cover on. Get that right. You all right? Am I all right? It's just a question. Yo, Dom! Why'd you bring the buster here? Because the buster kept me out of handcuffs! He didn't just run back to the fort! I think we're actually... I think the party is going to be longer than we were expecting because, like, this is just Dom goes on a tirade here for about a minute and gets, you know, mad at everyone for, right. I mean, rightfully so, for abandoning him. But, like, we don't see Brian walk in till the end of this minute. 
and we got at least like another couple minutes. I think our timing was a little off. Didn't we say three more, three more minutes like these two? We said there was going to be two full minutes. He was going to be out in the next in minute thirty four, which I guess is still possible. But like, we didn't really make narrative progress here. Like, it's not like things. No, have happened. it was just like a Brian... lot of panning shots. So yeah, and the most notable thing I think about this, and this is something that's sort of thrown aside that I didn't even realize until you were my lifespan, which again, reminder, is coming up very soon. The fort is actually named. Dom says at the oh, end, you as didn't you heard, know that? he didn't just run back to the fort. Yeah, no, I. I knew that that was a real quote from the movies but i I mean i'm just saying i didn't it sounds appropriate but you can't place if it's real or not because it's kind of a it's kind of a throwaway line right like they just like you could have called it anything right so but yeah i knew that the fort was a real place we're gonna get to that when we get to that about the trivia question but that might be the trivia question for this we talked about i think we talked about this when we were talking about the movie before but you know what video game letty is playing while she's lying sort of stomach down on the floor it is Definitely, this this was my big takeaway this time because there's not a lot of signs or anything. We're going back through the house as we have gone through, you know, one direction back, and this is mainly just, you know, him arguing with Vince. Yep. We know that it's Gran Turismo. She's playing with a PlayStation controller that is black. Mm-hmm. Anybody that remembers that era knows that the original Sony PlayStation was gray. Was, yeah. Came out in 95, I think. The PS2 came out in 2000. Yes, which would make it more time appropriate. Yep. It looks like she's playing Gran Turismo 2. Okay. But this time, I did something cool. And I paused it, and I could see the track that she was playing. I wanted to see if I could find the track, and I did. <laughs> it is, what? Well, I just love, I did love the, because uh, you're like, I'm doing weird things in this minute. And I was like, I don't know what there is to dig for this minute, but you dug. So I found it. She's playing Grand Valley East, and this actually kind of helps us, too. This was one track that's in Gran Turismo 1, 2, 4, and then, like, some other, okay. you know, like, 5, 6. So it pretty much only wasn't in 3. From that, we can deduce that it's not Gran Turismo 3. Because it's on PlayStation 2, and because of the time it came out, it, it is Gran Turismo 2, right? Like, that's sure. the game that it had to be. But Gran Turismo 2 was on regular PlayStation. I don't know. But you could play old. You could play PlayStation games on a PlayStation 2. Yes, I think so. I'm pretty sure that had full backwards compatibility. And the, the, there's one PS3 that has full backwards compatibility. And then since then, it's been not great. I tried to Google... What game is she playing? And basically everything that comes up is about Crossroads, the new one. So, you know, you can exclude that, but it's, it's not as easy to find this tidbit as I thought it would be. Like, you know, what song is playing? I thought I would be able to, like, well, what is she playing? Now that we know that we found the track that she's playing, yep. she's using a black controller, yep. and it wasn't in Gran Turismo 3, which was a launch title for PlayStation 2, it has to be Gran Turismo 2, because that's the only one that was out before it. Like, you know, so three backward options. Well, one or two, right? One two. or two. No, but it looks a little bit better than one, so I think it is two. Okay. Like, when you, like, look at the, like, the graphics on the screen, it, it's two. Okay. It's definitely not one. So now one thing that you and I did, uh, I did one and then you went and did another one. We, I, I borrowed your idea, yes. We counted, we tallied the number of coronas visible and the number of lit candles visible, and we think, <laughs> we think there are 14 coronas and 12 candles lit. That's a hell of a party. When you were counting the Coronas, you messaged me before this, and you said, can you just take a double count of the Coronas, see if I'm close, see if I missed any? I did a count. I was one less than you. I went through, and you you have where every one of them is. And I was like, oh, okay, I see the one that I missed. I'm exactly with you. As I was looking around at the Coronas, I was like, there's a fuck ton of lit candles in this room. This is something that's very weird to me, because they were all, like, strange colors, so they... I'm assuming that most of them were scented, so they just had like thirty. Well, not thirty. There was twelve that I counted, but there was twelve lit candles in this house, and only like two of them are tea candles. So can you imagine if you had like one pine, 
one apple pie, all, yeah, one all vanilla. Just different smells, just disgusting. Yeah, it would just smell gross. And like, how gross did the hell smell that this is a good smell? Yeah. Maybe there's a lot of weirdness. You know, there's there's scentless candles. I mean, you saw they look like Yankee Candle, right? They're like in a big thing, and they're colored, they're dyed green, red, yellow. Like these are scented candles. I guess we'll see. I mean, who knows? I mean, we won't see, but you know, I would just imagine that if you have this many candles, you know what you're doing with candles, and you're not going to have maybe they all complementary smells. I would disagree with you. And I think that if you know what you're doing with candles, you do not light that many at the same time. Fair point. Also a fair point. It's like how many cats is too many, right? If you're like, if you have 30 cats, you know what you're doing with cats. No, that's that's not true. Right. That's a complete opposite of true. Yeah. So now, Joe, the big question for this minute, trivia question. I guess there's three options now. Number one, how many bottles of Corona, which is a very difficult question. Number two, how many lit candles? Another very difficult question. Or number three... Easy question. What nickname does the crew have for 1327? Or do you have one that's another question? I had a different one, and this one's kind of easy, but seems like a trick question, and it kind of combines what we were talking about. Okay. Are there more bottles of Corona or lit candles in the house? And you're going to be thinking, you're going to be like, was there lit candles? And you're like, well, Dom has two, but like you won't remember like all the ones on the table. And so I think it'll make it a difficult question. The answer is obviously Corona's. But there's also a fuck ton of lit candles, and they're way more than you'd imagine. So I have what number is greater, the bottles of Corona visible at the fort or the candles lit at the fort? That's exactly what I would say. There are more candle, more Coronas. There are more candles. There are the same number of each. There are no Coronas nor candles. Anybody does that one, just get out of here. You know this. Yeah. Those Coronas. Yeah. And then we have to have like the, well, we have the answer up top, but yeah. Also in the minute document, if you want to see where all the Coronas are, all the candles are, they're there. I also logged all the clothing. The one thing that I have noticed here about logging extras is that the one Corona girl with the pink top who like, she crosses in front of the camera twice, like with the Corona, she goes one way (laughs) and then the camera turns, she goes the other way. (laughs) And it kind of makes sense, but it's also like, she's just like in every shot. There was one girl that I pointed out last minute in the document as Corona girl, and she has now moved over to stairwell so she's now stairwell girl number one in my notes uh, just an extra (laughs) i paused and took a picture i sent to you and Kara. there's an extra you said she looks like Aaliyah. she has the what was like the Aaliyah music video where she had the like the tank top like tube top baggy pants yeah this girl is in probably half a second of screen time or maybe a full second there's not much but she's got a bandana around her head that's black and white and then she's got like a tie-dye retro throwback skirt on and a black top it's like none of the patterns match but it's still no. like she is swinging for the fences with these choices and i saw so and i was like who boy like you are making choices and i love it i know yeah i really liked it too like it looked it reminded me very much of the time so i was happy anything else you want to point out about this minute uh, I want to save some of the details for the Minute document, but anything else? Actually, if you have access to the Minute document, email us, family at me. Do you use this? Like, we're still going to do it either way, because I like having this weird thing that eventually we could, you know, self-release maybe on Amazon. Be like, hey, if you want all the needless information <laughs> about the Fast and Furious, we could do that. But, like, if you use this or don't, email family at me. It's also available at the Patreon page. I posted it. I try to post it fairly regularly like maybe once every month or so if you are a patron and you don't know the link email us and i'll send you the link i don't know if people care like i think people care about the minute but i don't know if people care about a record i don't know it's very it's weird i'm just very curious how people actually use this I, yeah I, I don't think anybody uses it i don't think this is useful for any anybody oh it's not us. useful for anybody for anything i check back in it I apple f today for fort see it see if we had written down the word fort before and we also apple f for letty if i'd see if i'd written down this outfit and i think she's worn like part of this outfit but not 
not the entire thing. So it's it's, it's going to be us. good. Yeah, eventually we're going to get down to like this movie is going to be so burnt into your brain that like we won't forget anything about it. It will be one of those movies that we're sitting there watching it and we're just like too obnoxious to watch it with you be like yeah, there's 14 <laughs> in this scene. And everybody's like, how the fuck do you know? I'd be like, we counted them. And they're like, you, they just blow by you. You're, you pause. And when you watch every minute, because like by the end of this viewing, like in another, so we're basically one third of the way through the movie. By the end of this lap, we'll be like 35 minutes in, right? And there's, the yeah. movie's like 105 minutes, essentially. So like we're like one third through the movie. In 70 episodes or so, so, you know, middle of next year, we will have seen this movie in addition to the like eight or so times that we've covered it for the podcast by that point. Yeah. And also for all the times we watched it by ourselves, we will have seen it six or seven times by minute minute by minute yeah because you watch these six or seven times like mm-hmm. whenever i'm not like whenever i'm watching the minute i like watch it once oh, so let's let's talk about this so here's, here's how i watch it i'm, I'm curious to hear how Go you ahead. watch it so what i watch it first is i open up because i found the script document online so i open okay. it up and i just sort of i don't really pay attention to anything specifically but i'm seeing where the first line of dialogue is and where the last line of dialogue is okay so i take that okay. and i copy it and i paste it into the document and then okay. I clean it up, I format it, and then I go back through and I listen. I don't watch, but I listen to see if I can hear if because the script is like ninety percent, yeah. but not exactly. Like they'll just yep. say he instead of like they'll be like Jesse, blah blah blah. Sometimes which is like in the script it just says he or whatever, right? I go back and I listen once or twice more to see if I can if if it matches up. And then when I get to a point where the script is, if I feel good about it, then I watch it without taking any notes, and I just want to see mm-hmm. what is there to take notes of then i wrote down plot summary and notable facts or whatever depending on the minute then i sort of go from there so like i'm either pausing to write down outfits pausing to write down coronas whatever it's sort of like there's four that i kind of do the same every time and then depending on what the minute actually entails i go from there but how do you how do you watch the minute i go one like rough watch Mm -hmm. Where I'm not going to take any notes. I'm not going to do anything. I just want to see like the time points. I want to see the beginning and the end. Mm-hmm. Get that. Get the frame in my brain. Yes. Right. Second time I watch through, I focus on trying to pick up things that would be interesting for me. Okay, I know that there's some signs on the side of this car. There's another car. What's that car in the background? What motorcycles are these? And I try to start taking mental notes of things I'm going to go through and watch. Then I go through once really, really slow to start hitting like and trying to pause for signs and stuff like that. Then I usually take a break, and then I come back, watch it another time straight through, like with the document open and then I go through and start picking up other things and it's in times that like I'm pausing other things that I catch stuff like oh I can see what track Letty's playing on Gran Turismo Mm -hmm. so that was like a late addition after I had watched the minute this morning three or four times and then I came home and watched it three or four more times the second to last watch I caught this and was like okay cool let me go find that and then I dig around there and then I'm like okay I watch it six times now so we're each putting about seven or eight watches it sounds like into each minute so we have seen the first third of this movie seven or eight times over the last 35 weeks yeah for sure so what was really funny was that Melissa who was a one dollar patron over there thank you so much Melissa friend of the pod uh she (laughs) she messaged when when I sent her I was telling her about I was thinking about instead of telling you how many coronas there were I was going to see if you could guess the number I'm like there's there's no way there's no basis for it like no it it, it doesn't make any sense and so I just put it in the document but I sent her the number just like as a save for later and she said yeah like here hold this something that I didn't think about but is probably true of more not just her i'm sure there's other people maybe maybe not but she said by the time 
we finish this movie by minute, she will have not seen the movie, but she will have heard the movie in minute chunks. And I was like, that is the weirdest thing in the world. That's very, very strange. Because we break it down so much, it's going to be funny Like when we finish this if she does ever go to watch the movie. Well, she knows the, she like, knows the movies really well. Like when I talk to her, like she knows references cuz she's listened to every episode. She knows she probably knows more having seen maybe 3 of them than most people who have seen all of them a couple times just because it's just weird absorption like osmosis you know what i mean just like yeah you're exactly. around, like if you're, she's i mean she spent more time if you figure like each episode this is like an hour and a half yeah she spent a hundred hours listening to our nonsense so like there's a hundred hours of just general fast and furious in her brain it, yeah. it's, a, it's a weird like it's fascinating like we talk about how <laughs> we wanted to know what justin's kids thought of spy racers but it's like what is someone yeah. who doesn't care about the fast and furious really who does hasn't seen the movies how does she know as much as she does about the movies and just <laughs> yeah. the podcast. It's the the giver, the book, the giver. Remember, mm-hmm. like, how do you describe the, the color red if you've never <laughs> seen the color red? Like, she, she knows so much about the movies without having to actually see them. I'm sort of curious, like, because we don't describe, like, we say, like, or in the document or whatever, like, we say, like, in this minute, like, Leon is wearing a blank, like, a plain black basketball yeah. jersey with red and white. But, like, she doesn't know what Leon looks like. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, what is she? Like, who, what are people picturing if they don't know who Leon is? It's gonna be so funny when you see it. You're gonna be like, "Oh, Johnny Tran and his boys again." And you know, like the first time you see them. Oh, that must be Leon that I've heard, that I've heard so much about. <laughs> and and Leon's like a forgettable yeah, character. Yeah, no one knows Leon. You've seen this? Yeah. Weird, weird, weird. All right, Joe. Let's take a quick break. Let us bring in Kara and Brian to talk about Hobbs and Shaw. I'm kind of a little wistful that this laugh is ending, but I mean, the good thing is that in a couple of weeks, we're just starting it all over again. Amen. That's how it works, brother. All right, we'll be right back. Episode number 67 of The Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. This episode is brought to you by the National Auto Tech Competition. This year, more than $3 million in prizes and scholarships will be awarded to participating students and schools thanks to the generous support of almost every major automaker, industry supplier, local dealership, and dealer associations. The nationally recognized competition was developed in 1993 by the Greater New York Automobile Dealers Association to help curb the shortage of qualified automotive technicians and raise the level of vocational education standards in the public school system. Thank you, National Auto Tech Competition. Thank you, thank you, thank you to the National Automotive Technical Technology Competition. Who boy, can't hard to say. Too many words. It's a lot of words. I hope that they're paying by the word in their in their catchphrase there because <laughs> I think that's a longer plug than we've given anybody. And uh, I don't yeah. know what they have to offer us, but uh, they better give something. This no, I, I thought we'd team up with them today. Because it's a competition for high school students that want to get into car customization. I thought that that was a perfect sponsor. Shout out to those guys. And keep doing the good work. Hope somebody wins. As we mentioned at the top of the show, we have not one but two guests on this episode. First up, I will introduce the guest who has been here this entire lap. She will be back for one little exit interview of sorts. A family barbecue farewell on our relap recap in two episodes. But you know her from the last eight main entries into the 
Fast and Furious franchise. With us is Cara Gayla Regan. Hello, Cara. Hi. Welcome. I'm so sorry that you are feeling sick, but I hope that Hobbs and Shaw and all of the Shaws and all of the Hobbses gave you a little bit of a burst of life. Yeah, this should have been called Hobbses and Shaws. Hobbses and Shawses. I hope that they can suck the virus out of your hand with a <laughs> homemade machine. <laughs> My body did turn into a, what was it, like a bag of hot soup. Mm. Um, <laughs> so... So maybe you have the virus. Fresh off a body bag of hot soup. Very, mm. very cool. Very fun. Very sexy. Very, very yes. Fast and Furious oh, franchise. Sexy. With us also, he has con- is continuing his streak of one episode per lap since lap two. You know him from the Too Fast, Too Furious in lap two. You know him from our three-episode crossover of Tokyo Drift oh. in lap three. Ooh, you so know good. him from the Fast Five episode in oh. lap four. And now... For the fourth movie in the franchise, Hobbs and Shaw, we have with us Brian Rodriguez. Hello, Brian. Thank you for having me. Thank you for fulfilling my contractually obligated appearances on this show. (laughs) Of course. I love it. I appreciate it. It's a weird sense of pride that I have that I want you to be the first person to sort of do like the long route. Mike and Kara now have completed the entire run, right? Kara, the first one to do these nine in a row you're going the hard way you're going the long road this is like the tortoise and the hare you are the tortoise you're gonna get there you're gonna win it's just taking you probably by the time we're done 13 laps or something who knows well it's been a long day without you my friend and i'll tell you all about it when i see you again (laughs) so i I appreciate it i was gonna say he has nothing but time that was even better all i know is that all roads lead home before we talk about Hobbs and Shaw. Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. We've got some either-or questions to kick things off. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to find out if Brian has any. He might. I'm not sure if we've added any since he's been on last. But, Kara, first up for you. Now, these are the final questions. So I hope these these don't have necessarily more weight, but symbolically, they might. Are you more, would you say, this is going back to the very first questions that we asked, mm-hmm. are you more, would you say, a Hobbs or a Shaw? Probably a Shaw. Okay. Not that strong, you know, but I got brains. Okay. Okay. Outwit people. Big guy. Little guy. Hobbs. Yeah, it's Shaw. Although in Jordan's relationship, I'm the... Nope. You know what? That still works because I'm tall and she's short, (laughs) but she's strong and I'm not. So it's (laughs) still... She's Hobbs and I'm still Shaw. Okay. Oh, here's a question for you, Brian. If you haven't had either, you're allowed to pass. Do you prefer in and out or Whataburger. This debate is uh, is raging all the... It is. Everywhere, right? It sounds like a cop-out, but it really depends where I'm at, right? If I'm in Texas, it's Whataburger. Sure. But if I'm on West okay. Coast rocking it, it's In-N-Out Burger. I, I got to do what the people do. I like both. Ah. Both, you know, have their own merit. But you want to have the thing where it's, like, more known to be from. Yeah. You want to sample the local fare. Exactly. So you go to Austin which has both, and you're going to choose Whataburger. I mean, I've had In-N-Out in Texas as well, and it's still good, but they make fun of you in Texas for eating In-N-Out. They want you to eat the Whataburger, and I like both. So, yes, to answer your question, Joey, if I'm in Austin and I could choose one, that's what I'm choosing. And that's not me, Joe, trying to get my answer out of that. I'm going to write down local cuisine, but I just want to know, because there's very few places in the country where you can get both, but it also fits into Brian's broader when I'm local I eat local. You know, think yeah. global, but eat local. I want to know who, like, the owner of Whataburger, what he did to brainwash Texas into thinking this is good. <laughs> but he, like, has them all fooled. It's crazy. It's not brainwashed. It actually is good. And Whataburger is good, in and out, not good. All right, Kara, final question. This is the most difficult. This is, I'm, I'm building up, and it's also the most difficult question what we're going to ask. In all nine movies, 
who is your favorite character? Oh, that's so hard. I up to this point, I would have said Letty. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I love Princess Margaret, who is actually, her real name is Vanessa Kirby. She's a wonderful actress, but she plays Princess Margaret on the crown, at least, like, uh. the younger one. So I will be heretofore referring to her exclusively as Princess Margaret. But Hattie Shaw. That's fair. I loved her. I love her. Yeah. She's a great character. She's amazing. Give me a her and Letty spinoff now. So I'll say Letty slash Hattie. I'll do both. It's just, if there's two T's and a Y sound at the end, and they're a fearsome lady there for you sure so you know that there is plans to have an all-female fast and the furious spinoff yes we've discussed this many times <laughs> yeah so we were saying sorry but when we were talking about it we were talking before joey and i and we were like who would be in the female spinoff like what are the characters and we're like you gotta add hattie now right like, oh absolutely she's so good i mean i did i hadn't seen her do action before and she's so good well, you should also it's not to this extent but mission impossible fallout she is also in and there's a lot of crossover right. oh, cool. in terms of action stunts between this one and that one we've talked about that before um i saw don't know joe if you've seen it yet but there's a lot of action crossover between the two and vanessa kirby is in both but she is also fearsome and beautiful and badass in that one too so if you want a little bit of a a little bit more sort of like a chaser for the shot of this movie check out mission impossible fallout where she's also pretty badass did brian answer the hobbs or shaw one yes brian like all four of us is a shaw okay makes sense we've not asked a lot of people that but overwhelmingly (laughs) shaw is the winner right there because the rock is just so big exactly and it's It's just there's only one of him ever in the history of the world that if you come on this podcast and you're cocky enough to say you're a hobbs come on you know (laughs) wait so here's a question there's a good chance he wouldn't be you know one of (laughs) can you name the two people who have been hobbs one of them they're both they're they're very close to two people in here's hearts if that makes sense who do you know? So, Brian, when you say oh, someone, oh, if they're asking. cocky enough to think they're a Hobbs. I'm assuming <laughs> I'm assuming the foodie films man himself, Correct. Kyle. Kyle Reinfried said he was a Hobbs. And then Jordan Strong, so I'm going to guess her. Jordan d- has not answered that question. That was a question that we've okay. added since, because we used to ask, and this was very confusing, if you were Deckard or Owen. And they just blurred together. And we're just and like, no. remember the differences. And so then it took me way too long to be like, wait, why don't we just do Hobbs or Shaw? Uh, the other one is Joe's wife, Rachel, said she's a Hobbs, which I don't know that that's true either. <laughs> Although, maybe her her reasoning was that she gets angry? I don't remember. But they're both angry. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was, like, anger and, like, personality-wise. Like, she's, like, which is funny in this film, but, like, Hobbs is definitely, like, the more laid-back one in this, right? Oh, sure. Like, Shaw's, like, super uptight. So it's, like, it was, like, a lot of those factors. Which wouldn't make sense because Hobbs, like, comes from the fucking top military militarying that you can do. <laughs> Yeah, he was not laid back in the other movies at all. No, he just like takes this like weird family laid back spin. Like, and I gotta in- say, I like it. Yeah, see, mm-hmm. took a little while, but you're there, Brian. Um, Kara was not a fan of Hobbs at the beginning because he's just like too much of a tight ass, right? Like, isn't mm. that what it pretty much was? Yeah, and I don't trust cops. Well, yeah, that we really didn't know him at the time, though. Exactly. That's what we kept hinting at to her. Like, <laughs> he also wasn't the Rock yet. I also had not yet seen him wear a cut off Motley Crue t shirt, which got him like an extra fifty <laughs> points. <laughs> <laughs> the little things add up. Yeah, they really do. The final time. We will ever play this game because it's going to change the next lap. Brian, I don't know if you've been listening to this lap, but because this is the Brian O'Connor lap, because in our interim weeks, we're focusing on Paul Walker movies. We're we're focusing sort of specifically on Brian's character, even the movies where he's not. This is the driving school lap. It's also the Brian O'Connor, Paul Walker lap. 
we've been asking every time as a kickoff to the conversation, who is the most Brian character? What is the most Brian moment? That's so Brian. That's so Brian. Who do you have? Anybody have a thought here in who, Mm. who's the most Brian character? I don't know that Brian exists in this world. Like, I don't know that he fits in this world. It doesn't feel like this is a Brian world. But who has thoughts on what the most Brian moment is? I think the most Brian character for me has to be Ryan Reynolds because he's the yeah. shittiest cop. Yeah. <laughs> like he's like a cop that isn't really doing anything. And so that would be the most Brian to me. Like he's involved but tangentially, but like really bad at the copdom part. So yeah, that's what I that's what I think. I'd agree with that. I think though he's more closely that other cop. That other CIA guy um, who has to get Shaw. Okay. Oh, Rob Delaney. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because he's a little bit even more lame and less okay. exciting. Because so. <laughs> if you're not, like, directly following Brian, like, if Brian was, like, telling you, like, about his day, but, like, leaving out the Fast and Furious parts, it would be this. Yeah. I think those are two good choices. Kara, do you have a thought on the most Brian moment or the most Brian character in this movie? I think both of those work for mm-hmm. me. I think there is an inclination to maybe point to Kevin Hart as a kind of Brian character, but he is, like, wildly mm-hmm. competent in this movie. Like, he gets the job done, <laughs> you know, for all this bluster and, you know, the fact that he is easily spotted as an air marshal. He's good at what he does. He's, you know, one of the three apex predators, the three alphas. Yeah. He gets them to Samoa, Samoa. So I don't know that he's, like, he's a, he's good at what he does, so I don't know that he fits. I was thinking the other thing might have been, like, Jonah. That's a character that you call in when you need, like, the extra push over the edge, and he kind of solves the problem, begrudging about it. Those are good choices, I think. I think it's got to be the two handlers, right? It's got to be Rob Delaney. It's got to be yeah, Ryan Reynolds. Because they are cops. Well, so now, Kara, this could go any number of directions. At some point, I want to know, I mean, this is the most modern movie that we have. came out last year. want to know about the fashion, what you think about the fashion... I want to know what you think about the soundtrack, but where do you want to start? What do you want to talk about? Your favorite moment, least favorite moment? I don't want final rankings today. It's going to come in two weeks, but like, where does this fall? Did you like this movie? How did you feel about it? What do you think, Hobbs and Shaw? Unexpectedly, I loved this one, which I was not expecting, given my previous stance on The Rock and everything. Was not expecting it, but it's like so specifically weirdly relevant to so many of my interests. We got infectious disease. We've got like a kind of Resident Evil kind of storyline going on. Oh, a tech cult. Uh, At one point I wrote down Steve Jobs, Tammy and the T-Rex computer. I'm not sure what I was Mm. talking about. I just, you know, Princess Margaret's there. Like, I just really enjoyed this a lot. I'm not sure where it is on the rankings, though. When I ranked my movies last time, I ranked them by fun. And I put Hobbs and Shaw at the top because I think it's hard to have as much fun. And mm-hmm. in fact, like this one does not take, there's no seriousness to this film at all. It's yeah. just all fun. Isn't it weird that the stakes have never been higher for the world, right? <laughs> but it feels like the stakes are lower than ever and that's what makes it fun. I don't know why. Yeah. Like, yes, <laughs> it works. I really like the mechanic where they've used the save, save the, the person, right? Like save the girl. And they've used the like end of the world. And at this time they're like, let's combine them. And you save the person who's gonna end the world. Save the cheerleader, save the world, just like Heroes taught us 15 years ago. They just combined it, and I was like, wow, like, as I was watching it last time, I was like, they just really did like their two tropes as one trope, and it works so well. The thing is, the stakes never feel lower, because the family has a chance to fail, even though we know they're not going to, because they're like normal people. But like Hobbs and Shaw are like, 
the two best of them. Because you have, like, some screwballs in the family, right? Like, you have, like, Roman and Tej. Like, shit could go bad. With Hobbs and Shaw, you're like, oh, no. Like, they definitely got this. No matter what it is, it's going to get done. Um, You asked me if I had a favorite part. And I'm not sure that I do. But at one point... When Princess Margaret is still fighting with Hobbs and Shaw, like they have her in the CIA black site. I forget who she's like hand to hand combating with, but she pulls off one of my favorite ice dancing moves, which is toe pick. Not exactly a toe pick. No, actually quite different than that. (laughs) Two people facing each other. She jumps on his shoulders and like mounts his face. I think it's hilarious. Oh, she does that to Hobbs. (laughs) Yeah. It's so funny. It makes me laugh every time. Like she mounts him and then he's basically like looking down her as she's got the gun Mm -hmm. in his mouth basically and that's when Shaw walks in and he sees his sister hips straddled around his mortal enemy ostensibly so very compromising mm-hmm. position there. Uh, compromising but most women our legs are stronger than other parts of our bodies so True. you can actually kill a man that way. Well there you go. True. Or put them to sleep unless they are able to lift your entire body up easily with one arm as they yeah. do in the fight outside. Yeah I mean like hopefully you're not doing it to, sh- to Hobbs. I think that she puts up an incredibly admirable fight against Hobbs. I don't know that anybody in these movies like Dom's flying headbutts aside and Jason Statham and what, you know, like Shaw's things but like realistically if we're if we're going by the book like you can't take down Hobbs like he's just he's a he's a literal mountain Brian what about you what do you have favorite parts I think you were you were there were you there when we saw this in theaters yeah, you were there right he was I was there. Family viewing. Do you? Yeah. I mean, so we've talked about this briefly with you before. Do you have favorite moments, favorite characters, favorite scenes? How does this fit for you into the franchise? What do you like about this movie? Just hit us with overall thoughts. Um, when I first saw it, loved it. I thought it might be the atmosphere because I doubt we would all go to the movies and watch this movie and then hate it. You know, watching it again though, it was reaffirmed my love for this movie. It's just so fun. It doesn't feel as long as it is because what it's like two hours plus, right? It's like two fifteen with the extra scenes. Yep. I'm glad they spun it off in this direction. And like I said, it's just super, super fun. Favorite moment when I previously had come on this podcast, God knows when. I guess it was when the trailer dropped. Yes, I was going to bring this up to talk to you about it, yep. And yeah, and I was like, whoa, what is this Samoa thing, right? Like, You had logistical questions. Yeah, because I, I thought from the trailer that, you know, they were doing this Fast and Furious thing all around the world, and that he was just like going back to Samoa to get some cars to bring them somewhere else, and it didn't make a lot of feasible sense, both cost-wise and, and why this garage would exist. But a good chunk of the movie takes place in Samoa, Samoa. disappointed that it was actually filmed in Hawaii. But I do love the those kind of family elements because we've seen everyone else's family in the series. And now we're seeing, again, we know Hobbs had a daughter and stuff like that. But now we're seeing that extended Samoan family. Like I said, the merger of Dwayne Johnson and The Rock. They're the same person, obviously. But, you know, they're always personas. And Hobbs, aren't, they're all now the same person. You do bring them together with the with the Samoa visit. You staple The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, and Hobbs together. I thought that was cool that they did that. Like, just obviously representation's important, and we don't get mm-hmm. it a lot for a lot of different kinds of people. I just thought it was cool that he was able to kind of, you know, roll his heritage into such a big project like this and make it so integral to the story. I recently watched a couple of the Spy Kids movies, and they do that too, and I didn't expect that to happen. Do they? I thought it was I've never great. seen any. Yeah, it's a really 
interesting franchise. I mean, you have to check it out. Those movies are so fucking weird. <laughs> I love it. I mean, they're Robert Rodriguez movies. I don't know how they could not be weird. I don't know what I was expecting, they're, but they're really weird. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to go back to what you were saying. I think everybody... I think specifically Brian most recently about how much fun this movie is. I kind of wish, like, I don't know where you would cut it out, but, like, if, imagine if this movie was, like, half an hour shorter, like, how much more fun it would be. Yeah. I feel like the escape with Hattie when they get freed from, like, when Brixton, when they go get Hattie from Brixton, right? That whole escape is, like, 10 or 15 minutes. Like, it's so long. It's so long. How are we still here? Like, how is this still going on? And it's not bad, but I feel like so much of this movie moves so quickly from here to here to here, especially the first half. But then there, it just feels like we're just there for so long. And it's a cool action set piece. It falls a little bit into the traps, sort of, of Fast and Furious, where, like, the action is cool, but it's also, like, the least important thing. Like, at least when you've seen the movies 5, 6, 10, 20 times or whatever, right? Like, it's like, we want the character moments. And I feel like getting to know Hattie, getting to know how she interacts with people is so cool. And here, just like, yeah, so Brixton's superhuman. Okay, cool, we get it. What part was that? So it's when they're in basically Chernobyl, and they're escaping, and that's when Brixton's oh, okay. on the motorcycle, and he crashes the motorcycle into the car, and they're escaping. And they're driving the truck. It's just a lot of action just running around through a desert, essentially. Yeah. I really like the rain action scene. Is it rain, or is oh, it a waterfall? Because cool. it, look, it looks like rain, oh. but I think they're just under a waterfall. But it might be mm, raining, too. That's possible. I think it takes a turn. I think they mention the weather in the like the planning stages of the film. Don't they mention the weather? Or they mention the daylight. I was worried um, that Andrew's elbow wouldn't be waterproof when it started raining or whatever happened. I was like, oh no, is he waterproof? How would you have felt? Would it have changed things if he started like malfunctioning? Oh, that would have been so funny. (laughs) I would have, I I would have really loved that, that like, you know, here's this like super transhuman, humanoid, you know, thing who's indestructible, except they forgot to think about the fact that sometimes it rains, <laughs> which is completely consistent with every tech company I've ever worked for. So that would have actually really tickled my fancy quite a bit. Or he went like, he went 10 meters underwater and they were like, oh shit, he was only good to five. <laughs> <laughs> rust and stuff seeing him zippered back up in this like the skin patch that's like a different color the techno skin Mm -hmm. and then this is his real skin and watching them zipper him back up gives me shivers every time i see it i'm like (laughs) like i've seen many types of cutting surgery type things them like zipping his spine up with a drill which yeah. is like so weird did he live up to your expectations oh I, I don't know care if you had expectations of him as an actor a lot of people do a lot of people really love him did he live up to your expectations in this film i do love him didn't know he was going to be in this so pleasant <laughs> surprise oh. yeah i thought he was great i i think this is a great long form audition for his inevitable role as james bond which i am um, ne- right yep. There's no one else. It has to be him. I, I feel very strongly about this. I was disappointed that, like, about what happens to his character, that he just gets decommissioned. Nobody's ever dead in Fast and the Furious, though. Exactly. So, like... And I realized while watching this, last time we talked about kind of the soap opera nature of the franchise and how eventually somebody's going to have to have an evil twin. While watching this, I realized exactly how it's going to happen. It's going to oh. be an evil clone, obviously. Mm. And uh, that's how you solve the Brian problem. That's how you bring him back. There's a warehouse full of Brian clones somewhere. Uh. 
so Etion has an evil Brian made yep. already. Oh yeah. Oh, that's such or they're a like working thing. on it, and he keeps coming out weird. Uh, <laughs> and then, and the weirdness is that he's actually his brother in real life, so they don't look right. the same. <laughs> right. That would explain so much. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I think you might have nailed it. <laughs> like I got disappointed that you just cracked this case. For Sorry, us. guys. Sorry, I ruined the entire franchise. Cam Jansen over here. Jeez. But if somebody so wants to hire me, please, please do. You know, we have one of our listeners, uh, Wells Lamont, has sent in so many crazy theories. I don't know if he said Brian is Etienne, but I feel like if we have talked about that, it would have been him because he's basically said that everyone is Etienne. Oh, interesting. From I mean, I don't have Denise on down. So like, you're talking about. The voice. Who's in charge? Who's oh, the voice? That's a good question. Yeah, Kara. So, who do you think the voice is? Who do you think it could be? It's Steve Jobs, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I was thinking about the fact that Apple probably has a Steve Jobs brain computer somewhere, which I guess is why I wrote down that thing. Ah, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Sorry. Yeah, T Rex <laughs> computer. Yeah. Who is the modified, the voice? modulated voice? I don't know. I don't know if we've met them yet. I think it's possible that it's Cipher, but I also don't think it's her. I think that she's a contractor for ETR. The quick rundown, the quick recap, the TLDR of what we think is that I was convinced it was Cypher. I thought I heard Charlize being the voice. What we have found out is that Ryan Reynolds actually did the voice, but not because his he character is going to be yeah. that guy. Right. He was just around. They just and they needed to somebody to say the words. There right. was talk at one point that they wanted Keanu Reeves to play the director <gasps> of ETR. And the quote is, what so we much. did at the end was we left the, on, the ominous voice faceless. So for some time, it was going to be a bit of John Wick, all disguise. But then we left it there with a few people in mind. Originally, Keanu was the goal. We were talking, and it just didn't feel right creatively. He and I talked, and I totally got it. And it wound up being the best thing, so now we leave that open for the future. And I'm sure he can come and do a walk-on role as somebody else. Because they, they want me, him Keanu. Because this is a David Leach movie, and they're, they're buddies from... The Matrix, because they I think David Leach, like yeah. they're you know stunt. He came from the world of stunts. Like he doubled Keanu, and also mm-hmm. he directed John. He directed, co-directed the first John Wick. So like he has a history there with Keanu. Like he's going to be involved, I think, in some way. And this is for Fast and Furious Nine. Probably not for Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, Hobbs and Shaw too. So yeah. So what Joe and I have talked okay. about is that since this movie came out, they have confirmed Charlize is coming back for Nine. So I don't know. I no longer quote unquote need Charlize to be the voice because she's coming back. Like I wanted her to be the voice because I wanted her to have some kind of greater implication. And I think that there right. is a there could be a direct correlation between like the the main villainy of the main franchise and Etion. Like, we're all building towards this. I mean, it would have to be unless they are two different universes. So the other thing, and this is something that I think there's a little bit more detail here, Joe, than we've known before. There's actually trivia now on IMDb. So here's the okay. here's the, the history of this movie, which directly leads into sort of the splitting of the franchise. So the idea okay. for this movie came while they were filming The Fate of the Furious, and just the fact that Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham as actors had such chemistry on set. They developed this, and before they finished shooting the movie, they greenlit this movie. Vin Diesel found out he got mad, which is what we knew about, and that's when, you know, there's that mm-hmm. whole candy-ass thing or whatever. And so Vin Diesel, as a producer, within his rights, canceled some of Dwayne Johnson's scenes in Fate of the Furious, but he uh... also didn't show up to set for hours, or at least one day of production, which meant hundreds of people sat around. Then That's when, after I guess they the found out, or... no, Vin Diesel didn't. It's his franchise. What a dramatic move yes i don't want to pick sides here because this is more vin's franchise than than dwayne's it feels like dwayne johnson is just like he's going to show up he's going to give his best and he's going to go home he's a worker right yeah and vin 
I think was hurt that they're like, here, we're going to make a Fast and Furious movie that has nothing to do with you that you're not going to be in. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, kind of stealing his baby. So then Michelle Rodriguez and Tyrese Gibson found out and they were then Team Vin, Team Dom, whatever. And they thought that it was bifurcating the family. And they pushed, they were up also upset that this, the release of this movie pushed nine from last year to this year to 2020 because of all of this Dwayne Johnson came out and basically just said I'm not going to be in nine I don't want a part of this but I, I I'm not ruling out 10 again I wouldn't be surprised if he has like a, a cameo role or a credit scene or something in nine but for the most part like he's not going to be in nine like we know that he's not there that yeah. they're you know bringing in John Cena whatever yes that's the history of this and so mm. It's petty. It really is. That's sad. Yeah, and famously, Dwayne Johnson tried to, like, hug it out with Vin Diesel, and they had, like, a meeting, and it it did not go well. Uh, They came to the conclusion, I know from the Johnson perspective, it came to the conclusion that their view of filmmaking is different, and their view of the franchise is different. He'll probably appear in 10, as he said he wouldn't rule it out, and if that's, like, the last one, but... They are not on good terms at all. I don't see a world in which the two of them, like, they're both so committed to the franchise and they love the franchise, they love the fans to what, you know, especially Vin, right? But, like, like The Rock has a whole bunch of things. Like, he is Mr. Fran... Like he's got every franchise going, whatever. I feel like there's not a way where they can just let this ego thing ruin what should be like this ultimate culmination like if if they for the fans after 10 yeah after 10 if they don't want to be another movie together i understand that but like 10 has to be like we keep saying has to be the end game of this all like everybody has to be in there that they take down the ultimate boss and then from there you could have wacky standalone side missions or whatever where they deal with the next snowflake virus or whatever right but yeah i don't see a world in which hobbs and shaw the characters are not important parts in 10 i think dwayne johnson's down from what I understand, Vin Diesel essentially was like, no, cancel your spinoffs. Or if you do a spinoff, you have to do just one, and then you're you're back here. And, you know, Dwayne Johnson was like, I like doing this, you know? The guy's a hustler. He's always filming a movie. Yeah, I respect it. Rest in peace, his father just passed away. Amen. Rocky, Rocky Johnson. And there's a picture of him with The Rock and his father in Samoa. There's a picture of the two of them. Mm, that's and there's cool. also a poster for the movie Cobra, which I just love. I don't know why there's a Cobra poster <laughs> other than like these these guys like that, but man, oh man, that was cool. I mention it because he was just, um, you know, I think the funeral was like a couple days ago and he just started filming a new movie today. The guy yeah. works, you know? So there's two obstacles for him to be back in the franchise. One, really Vin, honestly, checking his ego and being like, all right, you could do your thing. But two, it's getting this guy's schedule right because he's, always doing something like if you follow him on social media he's just like the hardest working actor i think they better figure this out quick that's my point not only is he like an actor who's slammed making content he also has to stay in this crazy physical form how does he work out you know two hours a day and then also go shoot movies like with no days off it's crazy to me yeah i know like his routine he gets up at like 2 a.m or 3 a.m and that's when he works out he's insane (laughs) yeah going back to the voice yeah i know that you said that you thought it was cypher i definitely didn't think it was cypher the first watch i had second watch definitely not cypher this watch through the inflections and vocabulary that the voice is using leaves them a lot of room to make this cipher. Yeah, that's that was my point from the beginning that like having seen yes every Charlize Theron movie, I thought I heard, I knew how she spoke, and then like 
when they came out, like when Rachel said that she thought she heard Ryan Reynolds, I was like, no, that's crazy. And then when they're like, no, Ryan Reynolds actually did, I was like, oh. But like in my it's, head, like I think it was I wanted it to be, but I agree with you. Like the way that she says the words, it's like this is the stilted delivery, the jilted delivery, whatever. It yep. sounds like her. And then the points where they turn it off, I can definitely hear Ryan Reynolds delivering it, but it sounds like Ryan Reynolds is doing an impression of Charlize through a modulator, is what it sounds to me. I mean, that, that of course that gives him a lot of leeway, and that will be a great way to do this. But so here's what I grabbed this time through. So the subtitles at the end. Brixton never really lived up to our expectations, but you three, talking to the two Shaws and Hobbs, you outperformed your analytics. You don't remember me, do you, Hobbs? You will. It's going to be a hell of a reunion. You're on our radar now. So we talked about before, it's a voice who knows Hobbs, right? Yes. But it also, it feels weird that he's like, it's going to be a reunion, but then you're on our radar now. Like, why were they not on the radar to begin with? Like, if they knew Hobbs, and they knew Hobbs' capable qualities, like, why weren't they? It's just like a weird contradiction there, and maybe, again, reading too far into it, but isn't that also the point of what we're doing? I don't know. This one feels the most unbuttoned dialogue-wise. There's a lot of, like, loose ends that different wording could have fixed a lot of things. I forget what we talked about last time, but there was, like, one line that we were, like, really breaking down, like, before we had the DVD, right? He says, you don't remember me, do you, Hobbs? You will. It's gonna be a hell of a reunion. I think the movie came out really fast, (laughs) and they were just, like, blowing through the screenplay. Like, they were just writing it, and, like, nobody was, like, really super double-checking on the dialogue. Is the voice the cult leader? Or is the voice just a public face, kind of? It could be either. Like, we don't know anything about it. Yeah. I feel like Cypher has better things to do. She's a busy lady. She's flying around all over the place. Imagine how much time you'd have if you had, like, a hacker train on a plane that you're just flying around. Yeah. She's, like, Skyping, like, her buds. Cult leaders, like, talk about how they're cult leaders all the time. There was no dogma, it seemed like, in what she was saying in the last movie, unless I... I'm misremembering. I feel like if it was her, we would have had more hints of like, we are the future, blah, blah, blah. What Joe and I have talked about is that either Cypher has to be just in terms of narrative, unless they really want to mess this up, like Cypher either, either got to be like the head boss or like right hand man to the Co-boss. head boss. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't really have more than one above her. I like your idea though, Kara. I think you mentioned earlier of her being like a contractor, like her being like an outside thing, but also doesn't yeah, feel like I she's really the get that kind vibe. of one doesn't feel like she's the kind of person who would be a contractor. It's just like, this is going to be my show in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah, but also I get a, I don't work for anyone vibe. True. To, to sort of complicate matters, when we first met Ramsey in Six, right? And she's like, they're talking about Cypher. What if it's and they're her? Like, we, we thought, it's probably not Ramsey, but maybe. <laughs> you know, I always thought Cypher was an organization. And they find out that Cypher is just one person. They're like, oh shit. Like that's, you know, because she's been so prolific. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, she is an organization. She's run an organization she's not beep booping everything herself all of the time (laughs) other thing that brought me to this when i was watching it this time and we just saw eight i was thinking that specifically the emphasis on body modification right we see brixton being physically a different human than what he was half cyborg and the emphasis on cypher having different color eyes and hair colors and things like that that's why I think that they're linked. That's a possibility. She was kind of robot-y. The big thing to keep in mind is that they're just keeping it open. Like they're go they're leaving right. the possibility in a lot of they're leaving the possibility open to a lot of different directions. It could be Cypher, it could be someone else, it could be someone who knows Hobbes. I think the bigger question that I have from this movie 
and this is a theory that people have talked about, like, is Ryan Reynolds, like, is Locke the actual voice? Like, not only did he do the voice, but could he also be the thing? And there's a couple things at the end. I think it's hard to read his character. It depends on if you think he's joking, which he probably is because he's Ryan Reynolds, and he apparently Mm -hmm. suggested at one point that he show up in this movie as Deadpool, which, sure, why not? Let's go ahead and let's just do that. Why not? But (laughs) I think the two credit scenes at the end when he's saying that there's another virus now, like Snowflake's under control, but there's another virus. That one melts there. Snowflake melts your inside. This one melts your outside. Later, it's like, I punched a guy through, like, I stabbed a guy with a brick too. It's not that hard. They were talking about in the beginning of the movie that, like, Brixton, or they thought at time Hattie stabbed a guy with a brick and they're like how strong yeah. do you have to be blah 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 the virus is doing this to her then we later find out that it's actually Brixton because we, we know they know whatever it's Brixton because Brixton framed Hattie at the end there the two different things like is there actually another virus did Ryan Reynolds actually stab a guy with a brick is it difficult or is he also superhuman from Etion? I think those are meant to be jokes but you could also be like oh, he's being serious and weird, and he's like a double agent, and I don't know. But there's a weird element to the Ryan Reynolds character. He's supposed to be a joke, I think, but also he might not be. It's it's almost too open for me. It's so open that I'm like, he's just being a jokester. There's too many things like, it could be him, that it's like such an obvious red herring. If you make it this guy, you're like, we knew this all along. We knew the voice. We saw him stab someone with a brick. Like, we know all of these things. And, like, he's the perfect candidate to be a double agent. So don't give me this obvious choice. I don't know. I just think that they made this movie very fast. And they purposely put a lot of uh, open-ended things so that through casting and funness, they could answer them however they want. And I'm okay with that, honestly. Yeah, same. It's still fun. It's Like you said, at the end of the day, this is a really fun time. The other thing I want to point out, the other big debate that we had... Wait, before you move on to that, I was just Googling the words Etienne and Cypher, just curious okay. about like what they mean and what their roots are. Cypher, it could be a noun or a verb, a secret disguised way of writing or in verb form put a message Mm -hmm. into secret writing etn actually means in accord with truly really like so it's almost like there are two diametrically opposed concepts where like one is like you're obfuscating something and the other thing is is the real true meaning so maybe it is her i do think that they have similar ideologies though and they both think that they're smarter than the rest of the world that they're helping usher in the next wave of whatever right yeah they're definitely on the same side they're definitely working together yes just are they one and the same is the question i always assumed it just was like an anagram might also be that acronym the other thing that we really micromanaged and obsessed over, and like in the theater, Joe and I were like, wait, what? Is at the end, and I wrote this down, and I think it is, it's just poor writing or weird delivery, but at the end, Carrie, you might remember that Shaw says, you, he's talking to Brixton, you set me up as a traitor, turned my own sister against me, forced me to kill my own brother, you. And Joe and I were like, is he saying that they're brothers? Like what? Like what? In the subtitles, it's brother, period, you period so it's like mm. you did all these things oh. but the way that it's like like which is what we eventually land on because like it doesn't make sense otherwise because we thought was... maybe we were saying that, that that suggests that deckard is dead or that owen is dead or that everyone is dead actually no hold on wait hold on i take that back what i was saying doesn't actually prove that force me to kill my own brother and then you like you was a separate sentence in the subtitles Oh, yeah, because it would have been like a comma or like a semicolon, right? Right. Yeah, which is weird. Okay, so then I I forgot what our actual dilemma there was, because (laughs) 
in this movie, Kara, if you'll remember, there's only one mention and one little background shot of a young Owen. He's not mentioned. Like, this is a whole movie about family, and he's just not in this movie. We don't know why. There's no trivia about it. There's no explanation why the actor is not in the movie. Yeah, did he kill his brother? I don't know. That's what we're okay. saying. Okay, like, because I don't. The end, I didn't remember it's, that it's, It makes it the subtitles especially make it like maybe, maybe. And at the end of um, Fate, like he comes in to help, and then he's just gone, and we don't know why or how, and nobody talks about it. It's very maybe strange. we'll find out number nine or Hobbs and Shaw too. They have not announced <laughs> it yet, but I don't see a world in which this doesn't. There are, are like more powerful women in this one movie than there are kind of seems like in the whole franchise. <laughs> They were building up to it. It was a long, it was a long, it was a slow burn, Kara. We had to get there. (laughs) I mean, I appreciated it. We get matriarchs, we get powerful women. How did you feel about um, Lady Margarita? I don't know who you're talking about. (laughs) Isaac Gonzalez, she's the uh, Hispanic actress from Baby Driver. She's the the Russian uh, monster. Meet in Russia. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Loved that part. All the ladies with guns fun yeah they had to call like a full woman crew to like solve their silly man problem hell yeah i love it when that happens also i love that like um it's just canon now that girls are good at computers well because so often you know like women are are trained to think like oh i can't do computer stuff oh really yeah i thought that you were i thought you were saying that because like they couldn't be like strong yeah that's probably why but like (laughs) no i just you know i appreciate that like over the course of these movies when it comes to like somebody doing something on a computer so often it's it's a woman woman. yeah Yeah. that's right ramsey cypher yeah Yeah. as a girl who's good at computers i appreciate it (laughs) david leach asked or i think i think it was david leach that they were like there's so many stories to tell in the Fast and Furious universe, like, I would love to do, like, a TV show, and he pointed to Madame M. Marguerite as just, like, like, just look at her, like, she's on screen for three minutes, and she's got this entire organization she's running, she's fearless and badass and beautiful and got a history with Shaw, and just, like, yeah, like, let's learn more about her. True. Yeah, and especially, like, in Russia, there's, like, so much fun cold weather fashion options, <laughs> like, great fur hats, you know, you don't have to wear pants, but you wear, like, a fun fa- fur hat and you're covered. Kara, I wanted to ask you, because a lot of people did, and I'm curious your opinion. Did you have an issue that Jason Statham is 52, but Vanessa Kirby's 31? What is that, a 20-something year difference? At least she's not 18. Which is great. She's not a teenager. That's really all I care about. I know characters could obviously play different ages, or like brothers and sisters could be different ages, but they're depicted as like really close in age in the flashbacks. And I know that was mm. a point of contention. Oh, from a lot that, of people. that's why. Oh yeah. They're brother and sister, not a romantic couple. Um, so that's what I was talking about. Oh. <laughs> Didn't occur to me. Don't care. That's yeah. one of those details that like did not even come up on my radar. Honestly, I didn't even realize it when I first saw it until I was just reading the news afterwards. Even on this watch, I wasn't like, whoa, maybe because I don't really know. But Jason Statham looks like he plays younger. Like he's been this age forever. (laughs) Right. He looked the same when he was 30 as he does now. So like that's I think why my brain like is just doesn't even care about this because I'm like, oh, he's always like late 30s to me. I will reject that a little bit. 
because late 90s, early 2000s, before he embraced the bald look, he's got, like, balding hair, and he looks older than he does now. Like, basically, <laughs> oh, once he shaved reverse. his head, yeah, he basically got younger. Like, he kind of looked like a middle-aged man, and now he just looks like an action star, which is just, you know, yeah. devoid of age. You know what I mean? Like, it's a weird transition. But there's movies that you can see in the late 90s, early 2000s that are just like, Oh, who? Like, what is? What is that? Like, you could see he's got a charisma, but it's like, oh, the look is not there yet. Yeah, that makes sense. The Rock wanted to get Jason Momoa as one of his Samoan brothers, but the timing wouldn't work out. But Jason Momoa has said, "quote Next Hobbs movie for sure." So maybe he'll be here, you know, with Jonah and Jason Momoa. He's currently running around Pittsburgh, and like all the women in the local Pittsburgh groups <laughs> on Facebook are just going nuts about it. <laughs> like he's gonna like put down everything to like take some you know, 40-year-old Yinzer off her feet. (laughs) (laughs) Two things I want to point out in the car chase when Brixton's on his motorcycle and he eventually, it's the one that ends with him going through the double-decker bus. There's the one part where Hobbs picks up the guy off his motorcycle and basically shoves him into a wall, which, like, we talk about needless brutality in these movies, like the the guy getting run over by the semi-truck in Too Fast. This is, like, this guy's spine is shattered. Like, it's not broken. It is in pieces. It's fine. Etienne can give him a new one. That's true. And I think we've talked before about, like, how we don't know if they get paid money or just in bodily enhancements. So maybe he's not dead, Mm. but, like, he takes a huge hit. Yeah. I also do like that in that same scene, we know that he has a history in Japan, but Jason Statham, Shaw, Tokyo drifts under those semis, which I thought was pretty cool. Like, yes, we don't see a lot of drifting in these movies, but he drifts. I feel like it happens at least once in the later, in all the later movies, because every time it happens, I'm like, oh, they're drifting. <laughs> yes. It's like not not always like a, a super cool action moment like it was under the semi truck, but it's definitely there because I I. I'm like, I know what that is. The only other note that I made this time around was when they go to the airport and they get detained, and it's Mike Hawksball, and <laughs> he's like, it's not small, my name's Michael. I was just thinking this time, I never thought before, it's kind of a reverse office space where the Bobs are talking to Michael Bolton, and he's like, you can just call me Mike. Like, I don't really, like, I don't want to be associated with Michael Bolton, the singer. Here, it's just, it's the same kind of ah. thing. It's, an, it's a name joke to a certain extent. About Michaels. Yeah, but just, you know, instead of Mike, which is here, he goes to Michael, and then office space is the reverse. It's just a, you know, I just thought of that, and I wanted to share that. It's a reverse Thank office you. space. Joe, anything else you picked up this time around that you want to mention? I worked all of mine into the conversation. Beautiful. Brian, what about you? Any other thoughts before we play a couple games? Oh, when you were mentioning Momoa, I thought you were going to mention professional wrestler Roman Reigns as one of his brothers. Yes. I was a little disappointed because, not that I'm a big Roman Reigns fan, but like they were really hyping it. Like, oh, he was a big part of this movie. And I don't know if he even has a speaking line, does he? I think he might say like one thing in passing, like thanks, or like okay, like in the background when they're building everything. But yeah, he doesn't he doesn't talk. He doesn't have a scene where he converses. No, that was disappointing. But um good for him. He he beat leukemia and I think he was like in the process of fighting it while filming, so Yeah, he was close to the end. It was like right before his comeback, right? Like when it came yeah. out. Yeah. The Game of Thrones jokes mm-hmm. feel a little dated and this movie's really new, so that's weird. But yep. so 
I what I've been talking about on this lap is how these movies are like little time capsules of the moment in time that they come out. And on this one, I was like writing down some of the elements that I think aligned with that. And the Game of Thrones references are definitely. It's going to firmly put this exactly mm-hmm. where it came from, <laughs> yeah. like, which is perfect. Forget. I love that about these movies. It's so it's it's wonderful. Yeah, date and time stamped itself hard with the with the Game of Thrones. Yeah, they spoil the end of Game of Thrones in this movie, like the very final. <laughs> and, it, and it wasn't that far after no, it ended. No, a couple like maybe two months, maybe. Yeah, which is actually in a weird way impressive that they got that. Like you know, the reshoots got it in. But at the same time, it's like, what are you doing? It's very bold of them to assume that the Fast and Furious fans would care, care and know the Game of Thrones stuff. I think it was just so, so, so part of the zeitgeist. Yeah. Like, I'm not yeah. a Game of Thrones person, never watched it, but it was everywhere. Like, everything yeah. that I watched, somebody was talking about it. Everything that I listened to, somebody was talking about it. You know, sure. and it's not like I was going out of my way to consume Game of Thrones adjacent media. Yeah, but I, th- I could have seen, like, the one reference, like, the ruining at the end. I was like, whoa. Well, there's, like, three <laughs> jokes in the first scene where it's just, like, they all have to get a quote, and it's like, they we don't need that. Like, I don't mind it being reference referenced but it's the weird repetitions the coming back to it like i guess that might chalk up a little bit to brian's they just did it quickly and like it's just yeah it's fine we'll leave it in there but like yeah they're like we're gonna use these four lines like and then we'll fill them with other shit and they're like no that works oh actually i do want to say that i I messaged this to you on on facebook joe but before this movie came out i think david leach the director was talking about how the runtime was going to be about two hours and actually without the credits without the credit scenes it's like it's like two hours and one minute like there's like 15 Mm -hmm. minutes of credits, but there's like five or six of that is actually video footage, like you know Sam, the daughter going to Samoa, and them going to visit you know Queenie. That was and... the only time in the whole movie that I cried. Really? Yeah. It was beautiful. It was. I, I enjoyed it. And then visiting Queenie in prison, and I also do like that you have Princess Margaret and her mom's name in this is Queenie. Would well, that make sense? Queenie, the mother to a princess. Mm. So David Leach said this was going to be a two-hour movie or so, but he also promised when it was on home video there would be a director's cut. And as far as I can tell, there's no director's cut out there. The Blu-ray and the 4K is the same runtime as the theatrical. The digital copy that you can redeem is the same length as the theatrical. If you look on moviecensorship.com, which is where you see all the differences in one version to another, they mention that news that David Leach said that there's going to be a longer cut, but there's no actual longer cut out there. If you poke around, even, you know, in nefarious dark web, to quote Mike Manzi, the resident story Mike Manzi, uh, dark web corners of the internet, there's no director's cut. So, like, I don't know if there will still be a director's cut. I know that there are deleted scenes and extended scenes on this disc that we will get to at some future lap. It's weird that we were sort of, in a way, promised more footage, and then we didn't get it. So I wonder if they just, like, if it's still coming, if he scrapped his idea, or if, like, the vision is just, like, the movie they released is the movie he wanted to make. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, for us, we want an extended edition. And I'm sure that there's definitely scenes that they cut in this movie, right? Like, there has to be. I would like the extra minutes. I wonder why they're not releasing it. It might not exist, because I feel like the last at least six, seven, eight, I think, have all had... Eight had, you know, an extra 12 minutes, I think. One of them had an extra, like, minute. Maybe another one had, like, two or three minutes. Like, there's all been into the movie, not just deleted scenes, but into the movie changes. And then this one... It's not. I, I don't know. It's it's a, it's a weird, strange. Yeah. Not bad, just strange. Carol, what about you? Anything else about this movie, about Hobbs and Shaw, that you want to... Uh... So much. Okay. So, uh, to circle back to what I was talking about with regard to the time capsule effect of this movie, not mm-hmm. only the Game of Thrones reference, 
but Russia, going to Russia, sure. Russia's real big. Mm-hmm. The fashion, Joey, did you notice Princess Margaret's eyebrows? Ever, I, I've noticed everything. They're her. huge. They're so big. Yeah. They're, they're is that, very Is that prominent. a British thing or no? Big eyebrows? Yeah. I'm I'm unsure. Okay. This is actually more like maybe two years ago now, but like a real full heavy eyebrow was yes. very in for a moment. But they're also very curated. I don't know if that's the right word, but it's not like they're just sculpted manicured. is the word. I mean, they look great. They do. They're just very large. Yes. Uh, also, strong women are really having a moment in 2019 or whenever this movie came out. 2019, And then yep. the... Other thing is that there's an FBI agent listening in joke, which was a meme on Twitter for a while that people were making jokes about how everyone mm. is assigned their own personal FBI agent whose entire job is just to like sit and listen to them talk and look at everything that they do. Probably true, but it's actually an NSA agent. But in this movie, I guess it's CIA. <laughs> that to me felt very kind of of the moment. I feel like the Fast and Furious universe has kind of redefined the scope of what government agencies handle because they mm-hmm. invented the DSS, which is also, you know, probably taking jurisdiction from some of those. So yeah, sure. FBI, CIA, NSA, whatever. It's all the same. With the fashion, it's all about fit and fabrics. So there's a lot of technical <laughs> fabrics. I know fit and thing. fabrics or fitting fit. fabrics? Fit and, and fabrics. Okay, okay. The fabrics being a lot of like technical fabrics, which we talked about a little bit in the last one. I feel like the the like kind of hints of like military style that we saw in the last one really go into full effect in this one. A lot of like army green colored stuff, leather looking kind of fabric, but is actually probably something synthetic. I love those tactical suits that the bad guys wear. I would love one of those, mm-hmm. um, just like as like an everyday uniform would be great. As far as like the fit and the cut of things you'll see this of course more in the female characters Princess Margaret is wearing very high-waisted stuff which has been in for the last few years and also the way that it like hangs on her body is very contemporary to now especially that outfit that she's wearing in Samoa has like very kind of Catherine Hepburn and out of Africa Mm. vibes that I really enjoy Mm. I have a question I have a fashion related question that Jordan pointed out that one a minor thing that she loved about this movie and I don't know if you noticed because I did not Mm -hmm. but I think you would be more prone to notice she really appreciated this movie that in one scene hattie takes off her heels to run yes i don't know if i actually (laughs) saw that when i was watching this but that makes me very mad don't get me started because this will become a podcast about women running in heels in action movies oh i love the side-by-side morning routine the different colors yeah like the first scene yeah the the first scene where we see hobbs and shaw do their own Mm -hmm. individual morning routines love to see a morning routine in a movie oh there were lots of like sparkly future clothes in london when they were there and a lot of like beautiful colored light that i enjoyed the i heart cops face tattoo made me laugh really hard i don't even remember what happens i just wrote that down oh it's it's the beginning when hobbs there hobbs and shaw are both going after a guy and then he hobbs pins a guy down to a tattoo parlor right and tattoos i heart cops on his face yes That'd be such a damning tattoo to have. Exactly. It's like the worst possible tattoo for a criminal underworld person to have. It's very well played. Like, you could have made that very distasteful very quickly, and they went with I Heart Cops, which is just hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Hobbes misquotes Nietzsche. I had to fact check it. So I, I, unless I mistranscribed the quote, he says, there's more wisdom in your body than all your philosophies and attributes it to Nietzsche. When in real life, what he actually says, 
said, there's more wisdom in your body than your deepest philosophy. Mm. Not really fact-checking a quote is like right up. That's really on brand for fact, <laughs> Fast and the Furious, right? Yeah. Who's that woman taking care of the Rock's daughter? Like, why? She's I wrote like out of She's focus always. They don't have family. Yeah. yeah. He says it's your aunt. Like, go with your aunt. But who? Okay. But like, they and don't have... Point of... There's no sister. It must be like a family friend aunt. Yeah, which I, you know, it's an auntie. I That's fine. The invisible domestic labor of women that enables men to succeed in their careers. <laughs> And she's literally like out of focus in every frame that she's in. She's just in the background, which I appreciate that we see that somebody's there because otherwise I'd be like, who's watching The Rock's Daughter? Yeah. It, it could have been another character. Maybe she was in the extended cut. Maybe that's one of the <laughs> scenes that didn't make it. Oh my God. Could you imagine like all these like, yeah, like fans who are waiting for like an extended cut and it's like half an hour of this lady's story. I'm not saying it's bad, but I think there'd be a lot of like, you know, like teenage bros really disappointed in that. Well, teenage bros need to learn about the invisible domestic labor of women that allows so many men to succeed in their careers. Yeah, it's just like her like doing chores and stuff to take care of The Rock's daughter. We just get 30 minutes of that. The domestic labor cut. <laughs> Give me the domestic labor cut now. (laughs) Uh, When Princess Margaret is kidnapped again, maybe. I don't know. This is towards the end. (laughs) Okay. They like take her and they bring her on a helicopter and then the helicopter crashes. Right before that, it seems like she's, and this might have just been a head injury or whatever, but it seems like she's starting to get dizzy and is like perhaps starting to experience symptoms. And then they bring her on the helicopter and I was like, she would be barfing all over the place, which made me realize that this franchise really so few bodily fluids. Which is very nice. I appreciate that deeply. No, I want to see the barf. Few, no, get out of here. Barf cut, barf cut. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed that by the end of the movie, they learned about teamwork. That yes. was nice. think that's it. It's, you had a good watch of this, though. That was good. I'm glad that you enjoyed this, and I'm glad that you're you're slowly jumping aboard the Hobbs train now. And it's amazing that I remember any of it at all, because I watched it last week and then watched a lot of wow. real weird movies since then. Even better. Cool. Yeah. Well, we've got a couple games to play, as always. we got a couple games to play. So... First up, this ain't no 10 second race, a.k.a. boy do we have a podcast for you. So now, Brian, I don't know if you've been keeping up with this lap, but Kara has been smoking all of us with this game where we go on Twitter.com and we find someone who might be interested in the podcast, say, boy, do we have a podcast for you? Hashtag Fast and Furious, hashtag 2F2F, hashtag Too Fast, Too Forever. Link to the show page, see what happens. So as a scoring recap, so far in its entirety, I have nine and a half points. Joe has 16, Kara has 9, Brian, you have 0. But you've only been on, I guess you've been on 3 times. It's time to start uh, I'm not doing well, I'm not doing well. It's a very difficult game. However, we found out last time, even before we finished, I think, or maybe right after we finished, that we've got crazy points from at least one person. So we're going to go look now at last episode's picks. So we're going to start with me. I found Joseph Stewart at J Stewart underscore. I was able to rewatch Hobbs and Shaw and finish Alan Taylor's new book on my flight to AHA 20. It's called Balance. Boy, do we have a podcast for you? For you. Nothing. Of course not. Why would there be? Joe, you found I am Zafri at Zafri 31 Fast and Furious 9 2020. Don Don team versus Cypher. Atheon or The Rock will make a cameo. 
Hobbs and Shaw 2, 2021, The Rock, Statham, Kevin Hart, and Ryan Reynolds teaming up to fight Atheon. Fast and Furious 10, 2022, Don team and The Rock team will fucking team up to fight Atheon. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Joe, you got two points. We got a retweet there. Oh, nice. So you are up to 18 points. Yes, because, who boy, Kara, you found Charlie Fisher at Charlie F underscore music, Little Women, Two Little Two Women, Little Women Tokyo Drift, Little End Women, <laughs> Little Fi, Furious Women, Women Seven, The Fate of the Women. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Charlie F immediately replied, Sir, I am a homosexual. And then we replied with, You're still family to us, Suki Gif. And it basically led down the rabbit hole to Charlie is going to be on uh, an episode in the future. So, Carrie, you get five points, but also realistically a lot more, but in terms of the points, he didn't like it, he didn't retweet it, but Charlie gets you get five points, so now Kara, with one episode to go, Joe has 18, you have 14, can you continue? You're almost averaging two points an episode, which is, like, unheard of. Two points a game is insane. Gretzky-esque. Like, this is, like, 191 points in a season. Like, we don't know what is happening. Greatest of all time! So, we're gonna gonna hang your jersey from the rafters. Even teams that you're not on (laughs) are gonna retire your jersey, because you're the great one, so no pressure, but you have one more chance until future laps, you know, when you come back to talk about future movies, for the foreseeable future, this is your last run. So does anybody have a tweet yet that they want to uh, share with the, with the class? It's at vitamin, looks like two underscores, C underscore. Just saw on Pornhub, Hobbs and Shaw got boring, so I got some dick. How dare she disrespect <laughs> such an amazing movie? Boy, do we have a podcast for you. You do remember that we're going to retweet this, right? It's tangentially weird, but like, it's... It's pretty tame. People bitching about Pornhub comments is like a meme. Okay. Okay. I like it. That's, that's what fine. I'm saying. It's not like go on Pornhub. It's just like, it's making a joke about Pornhub comments. I think that that's fair. One of the things that I searched on Twitter while I'm looking is snowflake virus. And this reminded me oh. another one for the time capsule is the word snowflake. Yes. There was a point where fast and furious was like a thing, like a political thing. Oh. And, and we were just like, uh going through the tweets like can we just have somebody talking about the movies please and not <laughs> yeah snowflake virus was a bust okay i got one here's this one this is from like a month ago so i don't know if this is gonna work comrade wearing a vulcan hoodie in 2020 <laughs> at comrade snark snarkard like leonard skinner i guess but Kanye yes, snarkyard whatever in traffic yeah. behind a lifted truck with a fast and furious license plate holder crying thinking about all the beautiful works paul walker left behind like tammy and the t-rex Wow, how appropriate. Nice, nice. I don't know. There's a chance that this is sarcastic, but still, it feels like there's a lot going on here. There's knowledge. Right in our wheelhouse. There definitely is. Kara, can you please read, share with the class? This is uh, from a person on Twitter, no display name, uh, at L-I-H-T House. Lighthouse without the G, yeah. The way I was the only Hobbs and Shaw supporter on film Twitter, and it got good reviews and was a huge box office success, dot, 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 I'm literally a good luck charm. Boy, do we have have a podcast podcast. for you. Banner picture is uh, Parasite right now, too, so that's pretty cool. Jessica, only child, Illinois, Chicago. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I know this won't win. It's a verified person, but uh, whatever. It's worth reading it. You nailed it. It's perfect for me. Like, you gave me the laugh that I was looking for, so thank you. It's also from July, but yes, Brian, please read aloud and also try to describe the picture. <laughs> Daniel D. Uh, Dario at DPD underscore. Yep. Tired, Hobbs and Shaw. Wired, Hobbs and Bradshaw. 
and it's Sex in the City picture of <laughs> Carrie Bradshaw and Miranda Hobbs. Coincidentally, oh, that's amazing. Similar names, but awesome. <laughs> that was so great. Dude, and we've been watching so much Sex in the City lately. It's on, like, what, like, TBS or something? Like, they, like, air the reruns now on, like... Cable like cut like yeah. versions of them, and it's so good. I did just fave this, but don't count that. And Daniel Diodario is the chief television critic for Variety. I mean, there's a reason he's the chief television critic for Variety. <laughs> yeah, he- fucking nailed it great That's takes why. like this i never thought about those like that name connection I so i never love it. ever thought it <laughs> all right we've got one more game to play dude what's my car so let me open up my email we've got three different car pictures so now you both get to pick do you want to help me give clues or you want to help me get or do you want to help joe guess i think one of you i don't want to pressure i think one should be on one one should be guessing with joe okay i will give clues <laughs> I don't know anything about cars. It, no, it's fine. It's fine. I just like that. That would be like you know, like somebody has to like cook all the food and do all the things, and then like somebody has to eat it, and you're like, okay, I'll eat it. <laughs> it's important to know your strengths. I'm Brian. You don't need to be with me if you don't want to. You can you can go on yeah. the other side too. It's fine. I'm not good at cars, but I don't want to ruin the game either. So I'll just play along at home then you can give clues all right fine while i'm bringing this up i do want to point out that kara and brian last week as this comes out uh we mentioned on the last episode very briefly but kara and brian once again talked about tanny and the teenage t-rex so if you want even more tanny and the teenage t-rex chat you can go check out high school slumber party oh yeah because yeah. it comes out it comes out friday to us but from yeah correct it'll be out this is a very cool car it's okay. from the 1930s i will say that Ooh, oh. neato Okay. This is a cool car. Nick did not mm. add any uh, background history to it. I'm going to look it up right now, but it is American. It's a very famous car. Is it? Okay. Never seen it before. Because I've heard of it. That's why. Oh. I want to see why it's famous because I can't remember, but I know it's very famous. It's a full-size okay. car produced from 1934 to 1937. It's one of the first full-size American production cars to use streamlining as a basis for building a sleeker automobile one less susceptible to air resistance. And I think that is the overall, uh, it is very, it's a tapered, comparing this to eyebrows, it's a very sculpted car. Yes. A lot of art deco detailing. Though. Yeah. 1930s, very streamlined car. It's a, like, if you're Jay Leno level of collecting. That's what I was going to say. I was going to ask if Jay Leno had oh, I actually love Shit. having two people giving clues because I can just shut up and listen. That's This is nice. <laughs> it would definitely make like a meep, meep noise if you honk the horn <laughs> or an awooga i don't know if this is allowed but it's named after i don't want to say what it does but in a way like when you hear the name you're gonna be like oh okay here's a hint joe without being too specific but i think it also it's not okay. it might help it might not help but there's a very specific scene that we talked about in ford v ferrari that i asked you about in ford v ferrari i mean we talked about it, it the aerodynamics making you know, making it less air resistance right but like yes less wind resistance but there's a scene in ford v ferrari where they, when tape, they tape all the things yes yeah it's it's in that it's in that wheelhouse the car has shit taped to it no but it's it's that scene kind of the name is essentially indicative of that type of thing. You said streamline. Yeah, but you're definitely on the right track with that kind of name. Slipstream, jetstream. No, but you're in the ballpark. Oof, oof. Is this what they call uh, white wall tires? Oh, in the original picture? Let me see. Yeah, I think. Is the brand of the car a Studebaker? No. Is it The The brand, I think, still exists or did until very recently. It might have been... It's one of the big brands. It is. 
Does it still around, though, is the question. Our questioning it is, I believe it is, but our questioning it is, like, that's a clue in itself. It's one of the big know? three auto manufacturers, Joe. Okay. It's been rebranded since, but part of the new rebranded name is still the original name. Uh, like, it basically Chevrolet. merged in a certain to a certain extent, I think. General Motors? No. GM? Daimler Chrysler. Chrysler. Yes. Yeah. A 30s Chrysler that has, like, a jet stream, slipstream name. You're so <laughs> close. <laughs> the... Oh, Stream, streamline. No, we said streamline. St- I don't. I don't know. I'm close. How close? Like, um, I mean, you don't have the words right, but you just have like nature effect arrow, verb. nature effect adjective. One of the four elements that are not actually elements, scientifically speaking. Oh, like the wind stream. Mm, so close. Ugh. Fire stream. Water stream. Avatar, <laughs> the last. Airstream. Mm-hmm. But close. But it's not Chrysler Airstream. Air not Airstream. Windstream? No, you close. No. You had air. Oh. L- l- like a, a rapper has good of. this, right? Like he spits the good air what? vocabulary stream. He spits good what? Hot fire. God damn it. <laughs> you would hustle and flow. The airflow stream. God. The airflow. You're you're overcomplicating it. <laughs> you said it, right? The airflow, the airstream. Yeah, it's the airflow. The Chrysler airflow. And when you see the picture okay. you're like, "Oh, Let that car." Let me see, let me see, let me see. Let me Hold see. on, I'll put him in. Ooh, yeah. This is a car that, like, a nice mobster would have, right? And it also looks aerodynamic. Yeah, this yeah. is fun. Oh, yeah, well, the, the airflow would have been, like, very... That makes sense. <laughs> when you're talking about the Ford versus Ferrari thing, it's, like, the airflow over the car. No, this is cool, and I like the back, too. It kind of looks like uh, the beginnings of, like, a Volkswagen Beetle. Mm-hmm. Like, it has, like, that kind of thing going on. I said about the last one that it looked like something that you would put... You would escape the dust bowl in, and this is definitely one that you would escape the dust bowl in. <laughs> yeah, yes, it would be. Do we know why Nick sent it in? Nope. Did not add any... Actually, what was the... Oh, let cool. me see what the, the name of the email was. Here. This was fun. Man, you'd have to be like a nice old rich guy to like have one of these to take your family out in. Aruga. It, no, subject line, just there. car pick, and there's nothing. I think it's just a, probably a cool car that he found. It was a cool car. That was actually a tough one, too. But we eventually got there. Thank you for all the help, guys. Cool. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, Nick, for writing it. If you want to send in a car picture, family at cageclub.me. Next week, we will be talking about the skulls on our pit stop. And then in two oh. weeks, Carol will be back as part of our relap recap, not the entire time, but sort of an exit interview, which we've never done before. And we'll get her rankings. Joe will also give his official, because this is lap five, so he has to give his actual <laughs> real rankings. And he stops being an asshole about it. Joey's been busting my balls for these for all five. Basically, since Hobbs just came out, I'm just like, give me a ranking. You're like, no, I'm not going to. And I'm like, god damn it. But yes, <laughs> he will get real rankings for sure. But Brian... Thank you so much for joining us, for coming back. We will have you back. Thank you. We don't know who the guests will be yet for lap six, but we know that you will be here for one of those, I hope. But Brian, thank you for being here. If you want to plug your podcast, which people should know about, actual avid diehard listeners of this should know because we basically did... We talk about you all the time. We also did a Too Fast, Too Forever episode essentially on there, but please talk about High School Summer Party. Well, first of all, I wanted to take this opportunity to thank you for recapping my wedding the other day. That was interesting. But High School Slumber Party, Fridays are for fun. It's on Friday here on the Cage Club Podcast Network, and we talk about high school films, teen films. Kara, you've been on a ton of times. Mm-hmm. As, as mentioned, we just re-talked about Tammy and the T-Rex. It's fun. We're almost at episode 100. That's coming up in like two months. Or so really excited, plowing through. Uh, things, have been, things have been good in the slumber party. We'll just put it that way. It's always a fun time to come on to High School Slumber Party, and I love it over there. So Thank you. 
And Kara, thank you for joining us once again. We will not say our official goodbye to you until next episode, but... I'm already so sad. Well, you can all, you, you've already called dibs on a future lap that we have not actually decided <laughs> upon, but you said you don't want to come back for again in different in the actual release order, which I don't know if we're going to do, but you can come back at for sure. You know, we might have you and Mike come and on together come for to nine. The family, all right. The family viewings now. You can join us when the when Fast 9 comes out. We can all go see it together in the theater. It's a big family. It'll be so much fun. Yes, but thank you, Kara, so much for joining us. And if you want to plug your podcast, Wistful Thinking, because, I mean, people sh- again, people should know. But in case they don't, what is Wistful Thinking all about? Me and my co-host, Jordan, we're not sure at this point. We're, we're at a crossroads, you know? We've spent the last couple of years, like, looking back at things uh, that we remembered fondly from our youth and like rewatching them and like kind of discovering the process of what it means to take a piece of art that was important to you at one time that you kind of forgot about and it like re-experience it now that you've had all of these like new experiences in life and you're probably a different person than you were the last time that you saw it i don't know where we're headed well so every other thursday subscribe to wistful thinking and you'll find out figure out (laughs) alongside Carrot and Jordan as they figure out where they're going. Next month for February. When does this come out? It comes out this month. You're good. Next month, we're going to be doing uh, a little surrealism month. So we're going to be uh, in one episode talking about the films of Luis Buñuel, the surrealist filmmaker. And I'm not sure what we'll do for the other episode, but I want to take Jordan on a uh, visual art adventure. Well, because of Jordan, I actually know about Louise Boonwell, so she knows, she's familiar with him. Yes. Yeah, it was her idea. Again, thank you so much for joining us now. But for all things Too Fast Too Forever, all nine episodes of Kara, all four episodes of Brian, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast Too Forever, or at Too Fast Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family, at cageclub.me. Come back next week for The Skulls, the Rob Cohen, mm. Paul Walker masterpiece that I've never seen yet. Come back in two weeks for our Relab recap where we get exit Kara's exit interview. We get some rankings. We do some fun stuff. We look back at the lap that was the driving school lap, the Paul Walker, Brian O'Connor lap. So very exciting things coming up in the near future right here on Too Fast Too Forever. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. I'm Kara Gale Regan. Brian, I'm gonna let you say it. We don't normally let you say it, but I'm gonna let you say it. Who I am? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I-, I thought I was done. I was just like chilling. I'm Brian Rodriguez. And we'll see you next time right here on Too Fast Too Forever. 